this is Shana Mogler, former Miss USA and Miss December 2001. You're listening to Below the Belt Show. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Guys, it's time for another episode of BTB, the Quarantine Edition. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. And let's go ahead and introduce a panel that I'm really happy to have assembled tonight. Starting with, he is back for, uh, from um, a week of uh, hiatus from last week. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker... The one and only Chachi McFly. What's going on? Chachi, good, good to, to be have back. <laughs> have you back on BTV? And Get a if very you heard, unique panel tonight. Very unique, very unique panel. Um, this is um, a long time BTV co-host. It's been a minute as uh, we had had Sabrina on our at-home Oops. version of BTV, the Skype version. It's been since Christmas, right? Yes, no. I think... <laughs> No, you've been on sometime no, in No, for Earth my birthday one. show. Oh, okay. okay. For my birthday yes. show, I think. Yeah, you were on your birthday show, and shortly after your birthday show, Sabrina, we had to revert to this due to the, the pandemic, but uh, we are happy to have her back. She is Miss Sabrina Taylor-Smith, a.k.a. Chocolata. Are you on Skype now for this call and not in a costume? I, no okay, excuse. so I, I probably would have, but I sprained my ankle and my costume box is all the way in the basement. And my boyfriend could not be trusted to assemble a good enough costume for tonight. So Wait, your ankle. I will tell you, however, we have a very cool plan for Halloween. If there was a Halloween. If we have a Halloween. It's okay. I, we've already t- discussed that we will still dress up and we will just watch scary movies in <laughs> costume and take pictures and it will be fine. No. Because I'm not missing out because on Halloween. You, you never hurt yourself, so this is a shock to me. <laughs> this is your first Very, injury ever, right? Uh, I, I love like hurting that's, myself, uh, so. Is that that new thing called sarcasm? What's going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, she well, stays hurt. Uh-oh. So, look. So I just, I fell off a stair, just one. Just one stair. Me and stairs, swear to God. It's it's actually not stairs. It's just that last singular one that always just hops out of nowhere, pretending like it was always there. Oh, man. Girl, I've been there. I fell hard, down man. the bottom step before and, like, right up into my um, back. 
went yeah. to the corner of the stairs and the I was worst. in the emergency room and everything and it was fun. It's worse. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, I'm glad actually, it's only an ankle. It's bad because um well it was, I was arguing with people on Facebook like I love you. to do. That's, that's and my boyfriend was like, you need to stop arguing with people on Facebook. You need to get off Facebook and, and don't do Facebook anymore. And I was like, yeah, yeah, when I'm done this last text. And then I missed a step and fell on the floor. And he was uh, like, um, well, see, well, maybe next time you'll listen to me. <laughs> so, am Sorry, I the only one who really wants to see her boyfriend after hearing that impression? <laughs> I'm like really we, interested to see if he looks like a cartoon character or what. Yeah, we met him. That's how he sounds too. Nice. <laughs> well, we have to introduce. My gosh, okay. we got to introduce. I'm just gonna keep talking. It's fine. Yeah, I know. We have to introduce some guys. He's an actor extraordinaire, a very good friend of mine, very dear good friend of mine. Originally from Pasadena, Maryland, Horn. Yeah, he now res- he now resides in sunny Los Angeles, California. <laughs> guys, he is. Party Artie, Art Hall, first time BTB <laughs> guest yes. co-host. Yeah, it's good to yeah. be here. It's an honor and a privilege. It's good to have someone representing the Dino, hon. That's right, that's right. Yeah. You know so how guess, we do. So I guess this is like your he first... The worst, he has the worst birthday, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's right. You guys are spirits, spirit animals. I guess yeah, we're, we're, divulge, right? yeah, we're, we're beard. We're <laughs> well, when I had a beard, we could have been spirited, bearded. Yeah birthday buddies yes. but now we're just both, buddies both scorpios and both born on the same exact day that's wow. right what day, born. what day is that uh november 9th yeah okay i thought you were gonna say halloween and i was gonna be oh, like that that's been, awesome yeah it would have been hard <laughs> what time <laughs> were, you born, halloween. were you born in the morning or at night in the morning ah i was born at night so at least we have something a little different yeah good well, um, it's not Born too far night, from Halloween. Not last night. <laughs> October 31st, that's only like a week after. Think about it. Or, you know, a little bit more than a week, so. There you go, guys. But, um, guys, we have an incredible show from top, from to, top bottom. to bottom. Let's go ahead and uh, introduce our celebrity call-in guest tonight. He's on a show that's um, making uh, great waves on, uh, during the summer. Um, critically acclaimed, stars... Acting legend Kevin Costner. It's called Yellowstone. It's a modern western on the Paramount Network. And uh, courtesy of our friends over at PR Machine, uh, we have actor Denim Richards on Below the Belt Show, which is pretty awesome. He was just promoted to series regular. Previously, previously he was a recurring in seasons one and two. And this current season three... Um, he is now a um, a regular on the show. And, of course, Wes Bentley, um, who recently was on American Horror Story, is also part of the cast as well. Um, so we are happy to have Denim on uh, Below the Belt show. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and, uh, first of all, um, since Art it's Artie's first uh, rodeo on BTB as a guest co-host, yeah. Artie, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey um, as an actor um, from Maryland <laughs> to los angeles and um how it's been well the road has been long and fraught with failure it's, uh, <laughs> but but it's, it, it's been you know, didn't you predict failure <laughs> chachi did actually no what chachi said though is he said that town's gonna eat you alive and spit you back out yeah, and i think what, come home, legs 
like yeah. within like a year or whatever. But I was yeah. wrong about that. You were wrong about that. It good, did chew me up quite a bit. There. But I'm still I'm still fighting my way. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been it's been a crazy time. You know, it's one of these we things. Hooters, where, I told him that, right? What what's that? When we had Hooters, and I told him that yeah. he was gonna fail. Right. Yeah, I that was one of your going away. Um, that was one of my we, many going away festivities. Was, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you're still there. Yeah, still here, still kicking, still, still working um, mostly on the independent circuit. Um, you know, doing the day job. Got married. I wouldn't trade any of the experiences I've had, even though life's turned out a little bit differently at you yeah. know up until this point than I expected. But I don't regret any of it, and I'm I'm loving the journey and where it's going right now. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen. You know, still very active again in the independent scene. You know, doing a lot more production based stuff and you know, creating vessels for myself and other people I work with. And uh, it's been good. It's been good. Nice, nice. You actually have a producing partner. Uh, you've actually produced your own films. We can talk um, a little bit about those films that you produced. Yeah. Yeah, we um, I got my primary producing partner is Mike Baroga, and that's for Troubadour Pictures. And we were working mostly in short films until recently. And Al uh, hopped in and played a little bit part in the last, in the last film we shot, our feature. Yes. Uh, we're actually getting pretty close to locking that down in post-production. It's been a long journey. You, you guys need a sprinkle of color. so I, I no, hey, Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we did shoot it across country, so there's all sorts of stuff that's happening. Um, okay, good. It, good, was, good. it was a pretty big, all-encompassing thing. Pretty impressive looking for, uh, for what it was, if I say so myself. And uh, yeah, so we're working on that, and I'm also working can very you, actively. Well, with I like the, the like the premise of it. If we can just give like a loose premise, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, sure. So the premise is it's based loosely on the journey that Mike and I actually took across country. Uh, the premise for this film is a guy finds out that his estranged friend, who moved to California with him a decade prior, has since died. And he is now being tasked to transport his friend's ashes back across the country from Maryland back to L.A. And it's a story about coming to terms with the loss of friendship and uh, just coming to facing facts about how life doesn't always go what we expect it to be and that people aren't always who we think they are. And it's a, you know, a, a, a psychological and a physical journey because they do. We actually did shoot it going 3000 miles across country. Yeah. You, oh, you, wow. you legit shot it, uh, you know, on that journey, which is pretty cool. And it's pretty cool because most most movies, when they go across country, they film like they fake it pretty much just in California <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't, you can't fake the topography of this country. And I highly recommend it. Yeah. Who has not driven across country. They're doing themselves a disservice by not doing it. You see so much, and you get a greater appreciation for everything. Experience. Sabrina, did you did you do that when you moved to LA, I, or did you fly? I drove the first time across country when I moved to LA, and then I just drove across country with my boyfriend last year. That's okay. awesome. And we camped in like the most <laughs> random places. It was really really fun. That's cool. Sabrina camping, wow. I know. I'm like a Girl a Scout, okay? Yeah. I graduated yeah. from Girl Scout. I can build a tent without even reading the instructions flawlessly. You should see my campfires. They're on point. Damn! Damn. <laughs> well, Sabrina well, be staying at five-star <laughs> hotels on the way across the country, but she's camping. Wow. Well, Artie, aren't you camping this weekend yourself? We are. We are going to celebrate the 4th, uh, doing the original social distancing vacation, which is camping. 
we're distancing ourselves from society as well as other people down at Hemet, California. Oh, nice. uh, it should be chill. Yeah, yeah. That, is a, that is an ideal thing to do during you know a pandemic. People have to social yeah. distance, stay the fuck away, right? Dude, there's been too much of just you know being able to access everything and anything that I just need to stop, <laughs> and I just need to sit down in the woods where it's quiet and read a book and just smell air and not worry about my phone going off and oh. and what the internet's saying. I just need to get yeah. the hell away from it. Right. There's nothing better. Like when I went to like Cuba and like on a cruise or whatever, and just not having my phone for a week, it's like the best feeling. Just not having to check your phone, no yeah. text messages, no internet, I no social media. I do that all the time, guys. It's amazing. Yeah, well, we <laughs> thought you were detox. ignoring us. We thought you were just <laughs> actually ignoring <laughs> us, Sabrina. That's guys, what. I take my own little vacations in my house. <laughs> you know, with my cats, and I just don't answer my phone for a week. <laughs> but there you Art, go. Art, I did want to talk about something that was really cool. I did share this with Chachi that you had a very cool assignment at your job. Oh yeah. Um, which um, I don't know how much you can talk about, but um, I'll let you go from there. But um, Chachi and I were very envious of this position because no, actually, I, I wasn't envious because we would have gotten fired the <laughs> first week of the job. Me. Yeah, sounds like torture. Yeah. Uh, Artie, if you could, so so yeah. that way I'm not asking something and saying something that I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, you Which probably you know what I'm alluding anyways, but... Do you know what I'm alluding to? I'm assuming you're talking about when I was at Marvel, right? Yes. 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 Ah! <laughs> okay. You know, there is a. Some of us are jealous. That was. It was really cool. I'm not gonna lie. Um, they were really great people. It was a really cool division. It was technically part of the security division, even though I was a receptionist in the front. It was still blanketed under their security. So there was a lot of protocol we had to follow about people coming in and out and stuff like that. And uh, one thing I will say that's really funny, you know, Al, you know, I've always loved movies and TV shows, and I'm pretty good with a lot of knowledge. But one thing I have excelled at is being really bad at recognizing people. And you know this because we've been out and you'll ask, hey, is that so-and-so? And I have no yeah. idea who that person right. is. Trust even me, Olivia Al's... Wilde, you were like, is that Olivia Wilde? It's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Al's one of the best at spotting people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's what got like even... radar so, for it. He's he like, really does. <laughs> but what's even worse is that I also wasn't incredibly well-versed in Marvel people. Like, I know uh, all the ones that you see on the TV, the Robert Downey Juniors and the Mark yes, and stuff, yes. but I didn't know the directors, and I didn't know any of the major, major players. That, that so makes sense. Yeah. In we have, and being in that place, I was able to see so many people that I didn't realize who they were, and I would make them go through the paces of signing in like they were just a common nobody. <laughs> right, right. So I had, like, Taika Watiti come in, and I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to need you to sign in. Didn't know who he was. <laughs> Had, oh uh, my goodness! Who was? I uh, can't remember his uh, his name right now. It's off the top of my head. I forgot. But the director of Ant Man and Ant Man Two, Peyton. Um, yes. yes. I forgot his his name. His yeah. But yeah, he I'm, came I'm in, didn't to... know, made him sign in. You know, tons yeah. of people. I'd have them just come in, and it was just like I just treated them like they're anybody else. Were they pissed? They they kind of like, like that, actually, no, they actually had a really good sense of humor about it. Taika, he actually did a really funny picture because we <laughs> took a picture too. If you come okay. in, the sign, we take a picture of your face. Right. And you wear it on a badge. So he would, you know, everybody was climbing around with it. It was pretty fun. I would say, though, hands down, and I could say it, I don't know why he was there, other than the fact that, I guess, because Star Wars is part of the Disney universe. Yes. Now, um, what I can say is the coolest experience, hands down, was uh, meeting, um, oh my God, why can't I remember his name? Luke Skywalker. Come on. Mark what's Hamill. Mark, yeah, Hamill. Mark Hamill. 
Yes. That was the coolest experience is meeting oh, Mark right. Hamill and having him come out with the head of the studio and then just tell the studio head, myself and another guy at the front desk, a story of when he was on set with Carrie Fisher. Oh, wow. no. Wow. It was just, and you know, and watching, yeah, it was just so, he was, the, he's such a nice guy. But he's just this magnetic, huge personality. You just want to zero in and listen to everything he says. Well, what was the wow. uh, general gist of the story? The general gist of the story was it was uh, well, it's partly a spoiler, I suppose. Um, so hopefully people have already seen all the movies, except for the this this I think it was from um, Return of No. What was this? What was the second? The last one. Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. I think it was from Last Jedi, and he was saying how he walked in. And there's a scene where Leia's body is on a table, mm-hmm. right? And he's sitting there looking, and he's just like, man, Carrie is staying really yeah. still. Wow. And he's like, and then he looked at somebody else. He says, I've never seen her go this long without a cigarette or complaining about it. What's she doing? <laughs> and then she suddenly comes up behind him and says, well, something about him. He's like, oh, shit. And he's like, realized it was a prosthetic dummy, and they made such a good prosthetic. He thought it was her on the oh, table. Wow. <laughs> So it was, uh, it was really, that's really pretty cool. awesome. Yes. That is a pretty awesome story, but um, well, there's some other names. Uh, could we talk about one of them that involved, I think, um, a cop or, um, or, or used gum or something like that? Oh, hold on a second. I got to think about who that was. Yeah. No, no, it was it was a bottle, but who was it? Was that? a bottle. Was it the Black Widow? Oh, used was it Scarlet? And a used bottle or totally was it Scarlet or was it? By the way, it was Scarlet. Yes, I know it was I something. It was something that was thrown into a wastebasket. No, no, I know exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it was Scarlett Johansson or if it was um no Loki. It was Loki. Ah, Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I died. Sorry, Co. <laughs> it was just a yeah, an empty <laughs> bottle of like uh I don't know an empty bottle of you know <laughs> Arrowhead water. But uh I was really tempted. I looked at it. I thought. Mm, no, but there's no way for me to verify this. I'm just going to leave it be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, Scarlett, Scarlett came in once, but she like oh, she was at that point. Oh. She's part of – I think she's a producer on a show. Um, so when she came in, they went right in. Like, she was effectively an employee at that point, not just an actress. So she you know, sidestiped right in. But, yeah, it saw a like, lot of people come through. Sounds like her. <laughs> she yeah. was a very busy lady, very, very busy lady. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't pick your time to talk to her fans. No, no. Oh, but if you are a fan of Scarlet, I'll tell you a little something. I'm going to yes, bust yes. out a friend of mine here who uh, doesn't listen to podcasts, so he won't ever know that I'm talking about this. But there's a guy I know who used to be an actor, and one of his movies early on was a film that was one of Scarlet's first movies where he played her boyfriend. Oh, wow. And it's oh. in a flashback scene where they're boyfriend and girlfriend in the like, 1950s, and he got to he got to smooch up on her a little bit. What? He did that from everybody. He didn't want anybody to know he was in this film. Holy hell! Why would you like that? Because I know everybody. Everybody. Keeps I feel like I made out with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't want to talk about it. He, I, I, he I, just a shy dude, and he's just like, I don't want to know. He's just like, yeah. Because that was so, Al. He'd have. Ah, a <laughs> that would have that would have been my uh, yeah. cover photo of Facebook That's for right. shot. <laughs> He'd have a screenshot on his T-shirt. He'd wear it every day. Like, <laughs> I met with Scarlett Johansson on this movie. You'd never hear the end of it. I'll still, I'll, I'll settle for a random real world check, okay? The whole thing why it would be torture for me or Al to have that job is there's no, no photo ops with the celebs, right? Yes. That's correct. Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. There's um. That's is it frowned upon? 
They were very, very specific about that. Oh. Uh, they're even specific to the point where they're saying, look, you know, these people are here to work, which I respect. So keep it very short, professional. If they engage me, that's one thing. All right. But they, you definitely, you know, it's a workplace, so you don't want to do fanboy stuff. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's these. Yeah. It's a studio that at, uh, at the time, and I believe still is, earning some of the the top grossing dollars of all oh, the yeah. Disney entertainment. Oh, absolutely. 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 You know, so yeah. they're 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 serious about what they do, and it's, it's a very efficiently run company. I could say that. But you're in another di- division of Disney, correct? Now, right? They've, now, uh, yeah, television animation now. Nice. Oh, nice. cool. I know, yeah. right? Yep. How cool is that? So, so are, times. yes, um, um, I, actually, I'm not sure if you're going to be on till the uh, when you said you had to leave. But nonetheless, um, I just want your thoughts on, on a Disney, um, an iconic ride at, at Disney, <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World uh-huh. called Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah, I'm very um, familiar with Splash Mountain. And, I've heard that uh, before. Yes. Uh, so, so supposedly they're reimagining it. Um removing any um, references to its movie that was associated with it. Um, what movie was associated with it? It was a movie that has been banned from Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Oh, Gone with the Wind? Uh, no, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Song of the South. It's Song of the South. <laughs> Song of the South. It it was, um, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things where it was very problematic because that was a film that had an Oscar-winning song, zippity doo Yeah. So yeah. how do you how do you relegate, you know, the controversial history of it with the fact it's also an Oscar winning film? But I see. Yeah, they're changing into the image of, uh, I believe, the princess and the frog is yeah. the thing right. with. And right. I'm actually really stoked because at this point, who the hell remembers any song of the characters from the song itself? Right. I, mean, I mean, you see Briar Rabbit, but I mean, you don't even know who the hell Briar Rabbit is. And he's not like he's in a bunch of other work. But right. Princess and the Frog, not only is that, I mean, it was just groundbreaking in terms of bringing inclusion into the Disney princess canon. It also right. had really, really great music. I mean, it's that New Orleans jazz sound. It's so much fun. I'm really stoked. I mean, so the ride's mechanics are staying the same from what I understand. They're just right. changing all the window dressing, and it's going to be better themed. And honestly, if you haven't ridden Splash Mountain in a long time, it's a janky old ride. It's new <laughs> for a revamp. No, I'd love it. No, put some new animatronics in there. Put some new great music in there. I I think it's going to be good. I mean, they change rides all the time. I think I think it needs to evolve. I think it needs to evolve, and I agree, Um, especially during these you know injustices uh, going on right now. Um, And it's a contemporary film, and Disney needs to move like they're just adding the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Get contemporary. Nobody remembers Song of the South, and the fact that it was controversial. And no, nowhere to be seen on Disney Plus. It makes sense to me. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, Disney. Yeah. Um, first of all, like Disney lied when they um, came out with the news. Um, I think it was like last week. Disney said like, oh, we've been playing this for a year. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> like, like this. This has been in the news for a few weeks. Disney didn't say shit about it for a few weeks. Now all of a sudden they're saying like, oh, well, we've been playing this for a year, and it happens to be the same movie that is in your petition about it. No, it's not. Like, first of all. The Frog and the Princess is, um, which I'm fine with having a ride about it, but it's the least grossing um, princess movie Disney has done mm-hmm. out, of, out of the 12 princess True. movies. It's the lowest grossing. So there's no way in hell 
Disney would just decide to change one of their rides to lowest grossing movie um, last year. You know, and um, it's a funny thing about Song in the South. Like, um, I did a lot of research on the movie. I actually saw it in the theater as a kid, is how old yeah. I am. But um, it's actually, like, the stuff that people say is racist about it is actually not racist at all from all my research I've done. Like, the, the actual story, it's, it's based on the Uncle Remus stories that um, came out in 1881. And Uncle Remus stories are based on stories originally from Africa that it was based on, like, a kind of a different character. It wasn't the Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox. It's kind of like a spider creature. Yeah. And then um, during slavery, the slaves would tell stories about um, Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox from these African stories. And it's kind of morphed with like Native American stories at that time too, and I think that's where they got like the fox and the and the rabbit and stuff. So they, they tell these stories, and it actually started with um, Joel Chandler Harris, which was a 14-year-old that that quit quit school and went to work at a printing press on a plantation. And he he was a Irish immigrant, like a son of Irish immigrant, redhead. Um, he was kind of mm-hmm. looked down upon at that time because like um, Irish people were looked down upon, especially if you had red hair. So he kind of bonded with the slaves on the plantation. And became friends and they took them in because they had a lot of stuff in common and they would tell stories to each other and the slaves would tell him stories about Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and he loved these stories as a kid he was 14 years old and then he left a couple years later went to work in Atlanta um, for another newspaper because there's a newspaper that he was apprenticing um, on the plantation so um, he fell back to these stories years later this is after the Civil War when everybody um, when the slaves were free and he wanted to mm-hmm. jot down these stories to preserve them because he figured they'd be lost forever because nobody was writing them down. So he went around and he actually like sought out um, African-Americans at the time that knew these stories. So he could write them down exactly how they were told to him. Like he didn't like take the stories and like, you know, whitewash them or whatever. And like, you know, take the characters and make his own stories. He wanted the actual stories that the, that the slaves told him back in the day. And like um, he wrote the dialect exactly how the slaves said it to him. Because like during that time, you tell stories and you do voices and stuff like that. Back you know before TV and all that kind of stuff we have now, you tell an interesting story. So he wrote down the dialect for these books, exactly how the slaves you know said it to him, or at that point the free men told it to him. So um, hugely popular. Even uh, Mark Twain said that um, this was the only author to actually accurately um, get the dialect uh, of uh, of these people at the time. So um, he's invited to the White House, you know, and like um, people love these books. So years later. Walt Disney actually wanted to make a movie based on these stories. He liked the stories of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox. So um, this guy, um, James Baskett, which is the guy that you know now is Uncle Remus in these, um, in these stories, became one of the first um, black men to star in a movie as the lead character and um, was you know, shown as a, as a likable character, not like a buffoon or whatever. He was like a lovable character. So one of the first African-Americans to star in a movie like that, which was huge at the time. This is back in 1946, mind you. And um, he first auditioned for the character voice of one of the, one of the animals. Um, but then Walt Disney loved him so much, he made him the main character. So the other animals uh, in the uh, movie were all voiced by African-American um, actors at the time, which is huge. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm sure you're going to talk about news later on about The Simpsons. And Family Guy. Yeah, and, uh, we could probably pivot into that since we're yeah, on top but, of it. But, you yeah. know, this is back in 1946 that Walt Disney used all um, black actors to do the voices. So once it came out, it was hugely popular. Um, and um, Walt Disney actually fought um, for James Baskett to receive an Oscar. And, like, he received a couple years later, and it was, like, shortly before he died, an honorary Oscar, making him the first African-American um, man 
to win an Oscar that Disney um, fought for him to get this honor. And he's only second African-American ever to get it from Hattie McDaniel, which also stars in Song of the South. And she was from Gone with the Wind. So it's a, it's a very, um, you know, people, very, people said I it was... I feel like no one brought that up or that that should have been brought up. Like, well, in... thing, like people, a lot of people thought that it was during slavery because the guy was on the plantation, Uncle Remus. Right. But by, by the clothing of the movie, it was during the Reconstruction era, which was actually like after the Civil War. So everybody in that movie would have been free. And they, they say that the, the voices of the animals are like derogatory um, right. towards uh, people because of the way they talk. Right. But, but you know, it's based off of um, the Joel Chandler Harris um, actual dialect that he wrote down in the books that he got straight from the people that told it to him. So, and, and, and James so it's Chandler Harris. actually historically accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right from the from the African stories to the to the stories of the slaves. So Jan, J, um, Joel Chandler Harris was actually huge into civil rights at the time. That he actually fought um, after the Civil War to give the blacks the right to vote and fought for other equality for for black people at the time. Which was and he was down in Atlanta. You got to figure like that was you know pretty much not the norm back then in Atlanta like after the Civil War. So it's actually like a lot of people like, you know, from Walt Disney to um, Joel, actually, I think I think there was a Hall of Fame for black cinema. I think this movie should be in it. From yeah, all my- I mean, so- I, has anybody brought to the attention like at, that to anyone's attention? Well, because, do you, do like, you know if anyone has? It was um, it, I, I know some black groups when it first came out were against the movie, but they never actually saw the movie. It's just stuff that they heard about the movie. So it's a lot of like people who think that it's negative. And Disney, Disney's a you know, multi-billion dollar corporation. They they made their money off a song in the can South. I, they don't want to fight I, the fight. You know, well, can I say that the, I, from my YouTube videos I've watched, because yeah. I wasn't familiar with the movie, um, stressed how, um, even though it wasn't implicit, it showed the black characters being subservient to the white characters. Is that Was that the case? Well, the white... The I haven't white seen the movie, so... The only white characters that I, saw, that I remember in the movie were the two kids, and, and they uh. looked up to Uncle Remus as, as like a father figure. Okay. Respected him, you know, which which probably wasn't done all the time back in, okay. um, you know, back in the late 1800s. So, like, so, so in your estimation, this movie should not be banned because it, I don't and, think it should be banned. I, I mean, but, but Disney Disney never brought it back out after the 80s because like of people mistaking it for the Civil War and thinking there's slaves yeah. on there, and like also, you know, not knowing the story about um about the books and how it was written, thinking that they're making fun of black people. And, and Disney doesn't want to fight that fight. I mean, you see people nowadays thinking everything's racist, you know, even when it's not. Why would Disney want to sit there and fight and say, like, oh, it's not racist, here's why? People don't care. People are like, like, screw you, Disney, it is too racist. I mean, they're not going to argue with it. That's why That's yeah. why they decided to get rid of it now, because they don't want to fight that fight, because the worst thing a company can do right now is be called racist, whether, you know, if it's not true. Like, they're, they're going to yeah. lose something <clears throat> And it, yeah, they, they, they're not up for the fight. Whether they agree or not, yeah, I, I think it was uh, that. But in addition, because it was banned, the um, the gener the current generation, the young generation, couldn't relate to a movie that's banned. So it okay, makes well, sense people, for it to be reimagined. I mean, I'm sure most of the people who like started that petition never saw the movie, so they have no idea what it's about. And and the petition that came out only had fifteen thousand signatures. I saw on the day that I first saw it in the news, which is nothing for a petition because you, I can get fifteen thousand signatures of people saying the Earth is flat. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, doesn't matter. true. But then, but then, after all this press for for three weeks and the hundreds of articles or thousands of articles, and then on TV, you know, a ton of news broadcasts about it. When Disney finally announced they're going to retheme the ride, guess how many signatures they had then? You got know. the numbers. You got the million. numbers. Twenty-one thousand signatures. 
So for 15,000, uh, so not really 000, even that many people cared about almost, it. It's almost impossible for something like nonstop in the media and on the news and, and you know, thousands of articles to, for, to only go up 6,000 signatures. It's almost impossible. So it really showed how many people did not care about Actually the ride, cared, yeah. not offended yeah. by the ride. And I mean, and, and I told my friend last year, because he was talking about it not being on Disney Plus, and I'm like, it's a good thing it's not on Disney Plus, because people, once people know that's, that Splash Mountain is based off a song in the South, they're going to want to get it banned. And and when they get it banned, they'll be like, I was always offended by um, Splash Mountain. And and sure enough- I was always you know, offended by Splash Mountain. Yeah, sure enough, this happened. I went to the Who Disney's page, and Disney had a, uh, an article um, on their social mm -hmm. media about them retheming it. And I was reading the comments. It's mostly white people making these comments, saying like, "I was always, a, I was always um, um, offended by um, Splash Mountain." I'm like, "Bullshit! You didn't know what the hell it was." And then you're saying, "Oh, you were offended last year, or five years ago, or 20 years ago?" Bullshit. Mm. And that's why I hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's pivot to other controversies yeah. in the thanks for me industry. Tell that research I did. I spent like an hour spent, researching. Okay, it. good because I, I was yeah, just really so cool. what's bad? What's so bad about this movie? Yeah, I read something saying like the racist, around movie, racist movie. Right, like, right. So I wanted to dig in and see racist, and from everything I saw, it was actually was like very groundbreaking for African Americans at the time. <laughs> just being like a, you know, a, a main star and like getting an Oscar and like you know preserving uh, black stories from history. I mean, I know the stories were told during slavery, but I mean, it, it should be preserved. I think it's pretty incredible that here you are a slave, but you're still making up these, you know, amazing stories to tell each other. So to, the like, only way I could probably what? watch is to find a VHS on Amazon. <laughs> right? it was, um, <laughs> I don't think it was released on VHS. I, I think it was maybe wow. overseas, but it was released to okay. cinema. That's back when they would release movies at the theaters nice. over and over again before, you know, videotapes were real popular. Right. Well, let's talk about um, something that's been really impacted in the entertainment industry is um, television shows that feature blackface. Now, obviously, this is this has never been um, accepted um, recently in recent years. But uh, they I mean, now, Golden Girls was the latest show um, to, you know, it was basically Rose and Blanche are testing out a new mud face treatment. They greet the family with their masks on. And they said, this is modern on our faces. We're not really black. So uh, apparently Hulu removed the episode, um, <laughs> um, which uh, I can see why that's offensive. But when, when you see like The Office and Community and, and new shows that still feature blackface, I'm just I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of shocked, quite frankly. Um, now, now, the Golden Girls, you know, that was, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Right. So that was a little. But, but, little, the, but the Golden Girls episode you're, that you're describing right now, yeah, they weren't making fun of black people. They're making fun of themselves. Yeah. By being mis I, by being mistaken that they're making fun of black people. You know what I mean? It's like it's like yeah. the, Sarah, the Sarah Silverman skit where she was wearing blackface, but it was to make her the butt of the joke, not making fun of black people. Right. But um, now it's also affected animated characters. So this is where I'm kind of like, okay, um. You know, if it's done lighthearted and, and good fun and you come across as entertaining, I don't have a pro problem with, you know, um, a black actor voicing a white character or a white character voicing a black actor. Um, but apparently they have gone this far, guys. So uh, the latest uh, includes um, Alison Brie, who uh, voices Diane Nguyen, a Vietnamese character on BoJack Horseman. Now, she actually – now, this character doesn't even have any, um, like – 
blatant um, Asian stereotypes. But nonetheless, um, Allison is bailing out of that character. Um, and we announced last week Why? that uh, Jenny Slate has bailed on her character um, on um, Big, Big Mouth. Mouth. Thank you. And Kristen Bell also is bailing on her character on Central Park. Both their characters are biracial. Um, so now it's considered, okay, if you're if you're a white actor act, or actress, you can't voice a black character. So Could she have voiced on um, half the character? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. Leave that to greater minds than us to answer that one. <laughs> So this is one that I'm really sad about because I thought this voice actor did incredible in his role. And that's Mike Henry of Cleveland uh, on Family Guy. Uh, Cleveland Brown is one of my favorite characters on Family Guy. I, I, I think that the voice of his kind of nerdy appeal yeah. makes the character. I don't find it offensive that Mike is voicing it. Um, and gosh, he's been doing it since two, since 1999. He's been doing it for over 20 years, guys. But yet, yet Mike Henry, the latest celebrity to announce um, that he's stepping down from that character. What are, you, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you, do, is there any offense to actors, um, you know, portraying, um, you know, uh, different um, ethnicities in animation? You know, I, I, I don't think. I think that's kind of taking things a little bit too far, in, in my opinion. Um, just because, like, if we're not allowed to act, like, dress up like other people, um, we should at least be able to be other people's characters in a cartoon form, you know? Um, and it's not, I, I don't think anybody's like, gosh, I have so many things to say about this, and I just, I don't even know how to vocalize it, really. I mean, it's just, well, for I instance, just think it's so ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous that whoever's the best at the role should be able to get the role, like, yeah. and it shouldn't really matter what they look like if they're doing a voiceover. I I just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, another one is Apu from The Simpsons. Hank yeah. Azaria did uh, we talked about this last week? Um, Jesse, who hosted last week, said that blatant stereotypes. Um, I mean, I I, the, um, I granted there was stereotypes. The characters, no, there's no joking about that. Hank did a great job, and I thought his Indian accent was pretty spot on. Wait, wait, you isn't know? isn't every character in The Simpsons a stereotype? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about this. The, the yellow Peter father, Dinklage, which I, I assume he's white. Is that are Brits offended that that, that Peter Dinklage is voice is uh, has a British accent in Game of Thrones? I mean, and he's from New Jersey. I don't think so. You know, at I all. mean, it's like well, well, in the, in the Simpsons, um, Bart's Bart's voiced by a woman. Exactly. This is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like okay, so also let's talk about Big Mouth. The um, one of the actors does like almost all of the hormone monsters. Like, should we be like, oh no, he can only play white male voices? <laughs> Right. You can't possibly do a hormone monster. Yeah. We don't know what the race is. No. Yeah, we're in a we're we're in a woke era, guys. So it's a definitely affected. I don't all think it has campaign. anything to do with yeah. being woke and not being woke. In my in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't that, think that, it has anything to do with being woke and being not yeah. woke. I think it has to do with people being um just trying to take things to the next level with yeah. racism and with what's not acceptable. And it's. Yeah. It kind of speaks to what, like, Tachi was saying is, like, 
all these different people voted or like 15,000 people voted for a movie they thought was racist and none of them even knew history behind they I'll just wanted you. to hop onto the movie yeah right. so again yeah none of these none of these characters offend me um i guess the Wait, only thing many, that yes hey, how many how many actors um, do i see that are, are are british and do american accents um all, all the time should americans time. be uh, no. Yeah, it should be better, like I said, with, with Peter Dinklage doing a British right. accent. Game of the Thrones. opposite way, yeah. Like it, it's they're it, actors, it, actors. They, they be, listen, they, they become these that. characters. Listen, this, is, this, is, <laughs> like, this isn't about this isn't about people really being offended. I mean, I'm sorry for people who think that this is, but it's not. Like like this is about people wanting power, and people wanting to cancel stuff so they feel powerful in their in shitty ass lives. Right their shitty ass lives. You think anybody is really offended by? A character on Family Guy that's been around for like 20 years. 20 years. Or yes. or people people who are like um, offended by a Golden Girls episode where they're not doing blackface. They're not saying like, "Hey, we're black." They're they're okay, like. Well, I'll disagree with you on that. I think the blackface has already been proven to be very sensitive. And but we they, were doing about, black, they weren't doing blackface on. on I get it, but they, they they did allude to the the mud mask and and you know being black. So. But they um, but they were the, the joke, not black people. They yeah, weren't saying, they weren't saying like, "Hey, we're a black person. Look at us." They were saying, "We're not a black person." They, 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 they were looking down upon. And the same thing happened with, um, with "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." They just pulled this episode um, where they did um, "Lethal Me? Weapon." What? Yeah, yeah they did "Lethal Weapon," and then one guy did, um, did blackface. Um, and he was all black. Right, right, but 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 then and he it was hilarious. But he I'm was sorry. about the joke because they were saying how horrible it was that he was doing that. You know, it wasn't like saying like that's really great. You look just like him. They were saying like this is very offensive, and you shouldn't be doing that. And that, that was like the whole joke of the episode. But then they now they pulled it off of um, Netflix and Hulu. Sabrina, your opinion matters really, uh, very very much. Uh, so uh, being someone, why is that? Why well, is that? no, no, I'm saying because you are <laughs> you are black, black and 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 um, Indian, correct? <laughs> You're biracial, but you're black yes. and Indian, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, so does does is blackface okay in certain instances? A lot of people are not gonna like what I'm gonna say about this at all. Okay. Uh, but as someone who's a huge advocate for costumes and costuming. Uh huh. I'm going to say no, but that's not everybody's opinion at all. Um, okay. It's just, okay. you know, I've white-faced myself to be, like, all sorts of different characters. And, um, like, if you have a problem with that, I'm sure me at home would be very offensive to a lot of people. I've been working on my French accent. Um, <laughs> it's not very good. Can we hear it? Um, Yes, I do want some of this. Uh-huh. And then I got I'm some so fun. offended right now. <laughs> I, got I don't, my, I don't I got even know why. I'm not French. 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 I'm not I've been working on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I got a really good Arnold Schwarzenegger down, too. Oh. oh. Mostly just that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I got that part down. Like, oh. All right. Let's... I'm going to need another cocktail for this. <laughs> I was going to go get a to- cocktail, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, movies and the movie theaters and the, everything going on with the pandemic. So, as you know, um, the latest is that the two of the biggest blockbusters are supposed to be released in July this month. Wow. 
have now been pushed to August. Uh, Milan and Tenet um, had a July release, and now they've both been pushed to mid-August. A lot of it has to do with AMC um, announcing that it's shifting its timetable for reopening all their theaters to coincide with the release of those two blockbusters. And um, it really makes sense, um, I guess. Um, We're certainly, I guess, not going in the right direction with these uh, with the, the coronavirus and the, the cases um, surging in several uh, states California included argue now you're in California I know that oh, yeah. they've uh, they've um, delayed opening uh, movie theaters in fact they're doing the opposite I, I heard um, the governor just announced some um, recent closures of restaurants correct oh yeah yeah Garcetti just put a thing out uh, not Garcetti sorry uh, Gavin Newsom he just put Gavin a thing Newsom, out yeah. for all over California, yeah, pulling back on lots of stuff. And wait, so you, well, see you guys getting rid of indoor dining? Not yet. Okay. Some I, of them. I've I read here. A lot of indoor them are, dining. but but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like who knows what this rollout is. I don't know. I've I've only seen some notices. I haven't actually paid very much attention. Well, this is what I read. Um, so in 19 counties in Los Angeles, including Los Angeles County, um, the following will cease. Um. For the for at least three weeks, dine-in restaurants, which oh, takeout wow. is okay, so dine-in restaurants are closed. Entertainment venues, movie theaters, zoos and museums, card rooms. Okay, so m- maybe Los Angeles. So all the uh, casinos, I guess. M- yeah, maybe not specifically in in. No, they're your- doing like social distancing casinos. Oh wait, sorry, in Maryland. My bad. <laughs> well, Maryland, Maryland hasn't had a surge, guys. I mean, um, let, let's let's knock on wood for that and hope that's well, the case. Well, actually, but... three people got infected at least Pint and Shell recently. So there they, you go, uh, see? yeah, uh, least Pint and Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are not doing in-service dining. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Al. I was just looking up at the notices that I got. Yeah, you're right. Um, restaurant inside dining is no longer allowed. They're scaling back capacities for retail stores and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No museums, he said. Museums as well, and that's not the direction I, you know, wanted to see because I'm trying to get there for my nephew's birthday in August, but that's certainly not oh. reassuring. Um, Arizona, same it's thing. Like the worst year ever. It is the worst year. Uh, because... Holler, I spent all last summer being all rashy and not right. wanting to swim because I was like, I can't. I'm a lizard. And now that I'm only like lizardly in small portions of my body, <laughs> I'm so ready to go enjoy the summer sun wow. and sparkle like the diamond that I am. Yeah. And Sean I can't like go anywhere. We, um, Art, we used to call Sabrina Senator Mormont. <laughs> Well, Sabrina, you, you, you took that in good spirits, right? You're uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, if you're going to ask her, I, I don't have it all. Well. If you're going to ask her under pressure, of course she's going to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mind that I said those things, right? 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 But I mean, this is sad. I mean, the oh, summertime, summertime is the biggest time of the year for blockbuster movies. Every yeah. summer, this is the first summer in our lifetime that, you know, we that might get a couple. I mean, yep. if we're lucky, we'll get a couple movies this summer. Yep. Do you want to hear the, the other movies being pushed? Um, yeah. So, 
Broken Hearts Gallery now pushed to August 7th. That looks like maybe the that will be the first film. Hopefully that keeps that date. Um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, the the much anticipated. Yeah. Ma, what do you mean? The much anticipated third. <laughs> I'm just uh, waiting until we get to a good movie. I actually want to see. Dude, Bill and Ted looks so awesome. By the <laughs> I, don't, way. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Um, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan. Um, has, has now been pushed to 2021, uh, previously Damn. in October. So these films that were scheduled... Nothing cool is coming out. Great. Yeah, so even the films that are, are scheduled in the fall, they're going to be pushed because other films are being pushed. So everything's impacting the other film releases. So it's pretty Sounds freaking like crazy. Sounds like it's the time for animated pictures. <laughs> we can't Anim- now. We, we have no voices. <laughs> that's a good you point somebody who can do all of them yeah everybody like, so, so sabrina you were lu- you're lucky enough to go to sundance did you hear that there's possible changes for sundance if the pandemic goes into january february god forbid that but if it not surprise me at all Okay, um, so they're planning for a bunch of scenarios uh-huh. that they uh. would do a combination of virtual and physical um events during sundance and also expand awesome well i mean it's we you know we love being in park city utah don't we but the problem with that is now they're thinking about expanding the um the cities um that showcase the sundance films instead of only in park city utah that's not great if you want to bring the party to park city that put them yeah. pretty much puts the parties in all different hey, cities here's a wonderful so idea why don't the, we not have it in the frigid freaking cold come on so that's part of the charm sabrina come on <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i've never found <laughs> inhaling snow particularly charming but you know no it's such a cool aspect of it a little snow mountain town has the biggest film festival with tons of celebrities invading this little tiny mountain town it's cool no you know what all these famous people from around the world trying to look cute while they're inhaling snow and sweating (laughs) and they're like boots that are not fashionable and they're winter parkas no oh wait now what snow are you inhaling um what are you alluding to <laughs> no, yeah I mean, li- it, literally inhaling snow like walking down the okay. sidewalk and the snow was so ha- harsh it was just you were like <laughs> <clears throat> you know who should play death in uh the the bill and ted three movie this is kind of a joke dr anthony falsey um Basically, he's just so grim. Everything he says, he's like, <laughs> we're now having 40,000, 40 plus thousand new cases a day. I would not be surprised if we go up to 100,000 a day, a day if this does not turn around. I am so very concerned. My God, he brings nothing but bad news. And, I, and, and if he is the expert, then it is what it is. But are these um, cases up just because they're testing more or are they actually? No, the there they, actually is a correlation outside of that. There is, that's one of the arguments people put out is that, oh, well, the numbers are high just because they're doing more tests. It's like, right. well, they are doing more tests, which is good. What happens is the percentage of tests that are coming back positive are actually still low. Okay. So it doesn't matter. It's like it's not like it's correlation isn't correl- – sorry, correlation isn't causation in this sort of thing. Right. So there's I was reading articles about this earlier today. Um, 
but it's just funny that yeah how it's like you're talking about that it's like you know i don't think epidemiology is is a a field ripe with with humor and good news (laughs) to say something positive then he would have went into public television or comedy but instead you know He's dealing part and parcel with nature's you yeah, know, know. perfect killers. I know. So, I know. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is also, what... I don't think it's his fault that there's no good news. I think it's the fact that there's a lot of people acting the fool, and they're just being incredibly selfish, and they don't want to do anything. That they, is want, they don't want to wear the mask. They don't want to social distance, and they don't want to stay home. Yeah, they don't want to stay home. They're like, hey, fuck it. It's summer. I want to go out. I like, want to go, go out. Bring your like, friends with you. And traveling groups, and you don't need a mask. Take all your friends that feel that way with you, and go and live your liberties. Don't let America stomp on your liberties. Then take, take, yeah, find your liberty in a commune somewhere in the middle of a state where there's nowhere else. Oh my gosh! Walking around with mask on, with you, and your mask are pulled below their nose. Oh yeah, well those are called head guards, right? Or down the chin, yeah. It's like, yeah. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of a well, mask. That's didn't like, uh, didn't that's Cuomo like, do something funny about that where he says, like, you know, so this is a chin guard. Chin guards are not required. This oh, is a face mask. Face masks are required. That is, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that before. So this is pretty crazy. Can you believe um, even though production was greenlighted to start in Los Angeles on June 12th, only two shows have started production. Major shows, that is. CBS is Bold and the Beautiful and ABC is The Bachelorette. <laughs> the reality television show The Bachelorette and Bold and Beautiful. So, um, I guess those are shows that can handle a minimal amount of crew and people on set. Those um, are just the shows that people don't care if they sacrifice their lives or not. Or, or, like, could, or could, okay. it yeah. could it be that? Could it be that? Yeah, the Bachelorette. Think people worrying about STDs in that show? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're not. They're like, whatever. Yeah. They die. It's fine. Right. <laughs> So it was a matter of time before they started producing films about the pandemic. And now uh, right. Oscar, Oscar winning writer. Shit? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm in it right now. Like, 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 that's, like, that's like me like, like dying of AIDS. I'll be like, I want to see a movie about AIDS. No, no. I don't want to see that shit. It's like, yeah, can you put on Philadelphia right now, please? Yeah, right. Really like <laughs> I want to see stuff about people like in big crowds, like, you know, dancing yeah. and going to concerts and shit. I want to see that those kind of movies. I want to see pandemic movies well this guy Although actually... i will say i watched demolition man the other day and it was very <laughs> delightful i was like i want to do that with people and be like hi <laughs> well this film is um directed bell. by charles randall Taco bell. i would not have a problem with that at all <laughs> and i think it's amazing and brilliant that they predicted that if in the future there was a restaurant war the taco bell would win well you know what's funny about that like um see that was out in the <laughs> early 90s um they actually filmed for overseas audiences, instead of talk about it's Pizza Hut, because back then, like uh, <laughs> talk about was known overseas. So yeah. in, the, in the movie overseas, is all talking about Pizza Hut winning Pizza in the Hut. Grand uh, Wars. I need to rewatch wow. that movie. It's a great movie. It's great. Clearly, it's a great movie. Three <laughs> seashells. But yeah, yeah. this this yeah. pandemic I film. Want, I wanted them to explain what the three seashells were. You gotta use. That's you just gotta use your mind. Die. Yeah. Well, this Sorry, pandemic now, film. Okay, something. this pandemic film is about. Um, it starts in China, so it's the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and Charles Randolph, who actually directed um, Bombshell, um, actually he wrote Bombshell. He did not direct Bombshell, the um, the, um, the Fox News um, 
um, biopic of sorts. Um, but um, but he also um, won an Academy Award with Adam McKay for The Big Short. So, I mean, it's in good hands as far as the production quality. But yes, do we want to see no. a movie about a pandemic? Um, Michael Bay's actually producing. People say a... too soon. That's too soon. Yeah, Michael Bay yeah. is even going to do a pandemic thriller called Songbird. Yeah. Um, which is pretty much has a supernatural element to the pandemic. So it's like paranormal activity in clover fields, you know, like a hybrid between those, um, where an essential worker who's immune to the virus working as a delivery driver travels constantly across an unspecified city and um, must overcome a, a powerful, powerful family um, held by. Yeah. So I'll be it, honest with you. I've got to get these pizzas to safety. <laughs> so this is you know it, it, it's not it's not a direct um you know the other film yes that's about the, the start of the COVID 19 and then this uh, one's pandemic. about the most dedicated fedex employee ever right in during people pandemic. need their mail yeah it's like they need to have this quote <laughs> like um send i don't know like, what will happen like, if they no longer have dollars shake club <laughs> You see, like, I'm Sabrina laying in her bed, like, during this call. I think, yeah. I think we're all in, like, the most fucked up um, OnlyFans um, um, presentation here. <laughs> you know? It's like, Sabrina. I've been here for, like, an hour. When are the boobs coming? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who have I been paying all this money to? Don't, right. don't let the wife see that, hear that one. <laughs> Sabrina, when Denim does call in, can you resume normal professional stature, though? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Just offensive. in case, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not stuck at home out of quarantine and he's right. out in the world doing okay. very professional business meetings. Okay. Yeah, do you want me to put on a tie? Now, like crawling to bed with Sabrina. See if he comes to the side, like <laughs> he's been there. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm promising you he's probably gonna be doing this from his bedroom in his PJs. Yeah. Like any I'm other sure. person. Well we did have like actually Remember Alicia Rotaro Chachi? She actually uh, talked to us in bed, and we actually made the joke that I'm happy to finally have had Alicia Rotaro in bed. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey oh, we're in the Meet Too movie. We gotta be careful. Um, wow, Margot Robbie. Everyone knows that's one of my favorite actresses. Uh, Art, you know that I was goo goo gaga over her since day one. Um, yep. She's actually gonna be in a new. Pirates of the Caribbean movie at Disney. Wow. So ah, going going back to mind that, that old now? well, eh? Yes. I don't want to see a Pirates movie. Now, 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 I'm now. really over the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I'm not over Margot Robbie, though. Too, now i got to see it. <laughs> you can, she can join the franchise. I am okay with that. Wow. Well, it's a reboot, right? So they're starting well, everything all over. No, it, well, so, so basically, they, okay, so they're saying it's separate from the France franchise reboot, okay. And um, this one will bear the famed Pirates of the Caribbean name um, and will be free of Johnny Depp and Captain Jack Sparrow, okay. Um, so maybe well, I, think it's probably I, think it, I think it, I think the focus is on red. I think there's a porn the... called Pirates. <laughs> that, that's oh, yeah, that. you're right. I've actually seen that. Yeah, it's like, it was like the first big budget porno with a real story. Yeah, I've oh, wow. actually seen it. It's it's yeah. not that bad. It's it's that's probably why they didn't want to do that. If it's a female led film and just called it Pirates, it's like I got, yeah. it. I got it. No, I think I think the main character is is going to be a female led movie. It's going to be Red, who's from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. 
She's okay. she's the she's the redheaded woman with like the the big dress and stuff during oh. the ride. Is that well, the one that same... chases with the the pin or what? I think I, no, she's the one that's in there talking. Like I think she's like talking to the people as they're going by on the boat. Ah. Okay, so yeah, well they it's say plot details are unknown, mm. but they um, but yeah, I think that what you're saying it's worth noting that the Pirates of the Caribbean theme park recently received an upgrade replacing one of the ride's most socially questionable sequences. Rumors have swelled since then. This this could be a seed for a future film, a female-fronted entry. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, what else is going on in movie news? So, they're doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie again, but this time animation. So, it's no. good Seth Rogen, right? No yeah, Seth Rogen. No more of those. But you want to see more of Megan Fox? If so. it's no, if, I want to see more of something freaking new. If, right. it, if it's not Michael Bay and Seth Rogen's involved in Ninja Turtles, yes, I can't say that he would go so far as to make it an R-rated. Though I think it would be hilarious if he did. But he at least has the sentiment of what that original cartoon was. Yeah. So it might very well be a true interpretation of that series of stories better than any that we've seen since the original live action movie. So I'm I'm personally excited. Oh cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a Seth Rogan fan. I'm a I Seth mean, Rogan Evan Goldberg fan through and through. It's like but yeah. I also like dick and fart jokes, so what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> well a quick point there, uh Artie, didn't you work very closely with Seth Rogan in um End of the World? Oh um, this is the end you this, mean? This is, thank you. This is yeah. the end. Yes. Can yeah. can you can you remind us of your character? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, there's not much of him left <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> uh, there's just a, a quick flash of silver is where I was. But yeah, in the spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, fast forward about 20 seconds. At the very end, when they're all dead in heaven, I was a knight in full armor, smoking a joint with my visor down. So when <laughs> I opened all the all this weed smoke billows out and they shot a series of close-ups and a bunch of sequences for it. And they were, they were having a fun time with it. Oh, but so again, they shot tons of stuff in that final scene that just all got cut out. There was stuff with Shakespeare. There was tons oh. of stuff, but it was a lot of fun. I actually worked more with Evan Goldberg in that particular sequence yes. than Seth Goldberg, uh, Seth uh, Rogen. Rogen. Are you in right. the outtakes on the, on the uh, movie? I haven't watched the DVD yet, so I actually want to to see if there is an outtake or if there is something. That would be really interesting. No, I've never. That's a very funny movie. I thought. Like I thought it was um, underrated. Oh, I loved it because it was like a horror comedy, yeah. and it, I mean, I you know, again, those guys, their sense of humor is in my wheelhouse. It's not for everybody, right. but, you know. My again, wheelhouse. I'm too. a juvenile at heart, so. I love Dick and Fart Chicks. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew I I I liked you for a reason, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina, you said you want something new. How about an interpretation of the Magic School Bus, a reimagining of the 1990s popular TV show? No. No? You don't want want to see that? No. No, I don't want to see that. (laughs) This one's going to star the one and only Elizabeth Banks, who... as Miss Frizzle, right? Yes, Miss Frizzle. I mean, I like good. Elizabeth Banks, but I'm like really over all of this. Like, why can't anybody just write? No? Why can't they just do a story we haven't done? Like, why? 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 <laughs> because studios are spending way too much money on movies, and they're afraid to take an effort on anything. It's almost like they want to take a risk. 
like the middle class of films no longer exist. I mean, the idea of a 20, 30, 40 million dollar movie is not happening anymore. Now it's either independent movies that are five million or below, which is right. like one to five, or they're all a hundred million. So it's like, yeah, you have, there's nothing in between. Yeah, you yeah. It's almost like if you want to do a social parallel, it's like one percent versus poverty, and that's it. Middle class. I wouldn't mind poverty. seeing a different, uh, a reboot of the Mortal Kombat movie. Why, why don't we do that? That'd be oh, cool. That, that's one you would be all for. for right? I mean, I, you know, I think that? that would. I think that would be fun too because the the <laughs> the original movie was fun when you see it at the, the then. Try to watch it now; so it doesn't hold fun. up. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I I swear I watched it somewhat recently and I was like, this movie's still awesome, but it might well, be because of nostalgia. I think it's yeah. the memory that does it. Just like, yeah. hey, I loved Howard the Duck. Oh yeah. Up. If I go back and watch that, it's a huge pile of shit, but, you know, it's still close <laughs> to my heart. I love Power it. Power the Duck, yes. Well, here's an original film. Christ, um, sorry, Sabrina. I said Christine. Christina Ricci um, is in uh, an independent action. Th- there, there you go. Independent, right, Art? It's yep. called Can't Stop the Dawn. Um, and um, so, I mean, that apparently is a um, an original screenplay. So uh, apparently um, it's been it, it was uh, introduced to the buyers at the cons virtual market. So they didn't have the con film festival. They have um, a virtual market. So, um, you know, Christina's pretty awesome. Um, and of course, biopics. I mean, obviously, that's something that they can, you know, try to capitalize on. Um, uh, Kate Winslet is going to be in a, a biopic called Lee um, uh, about Vogue cover model turned war correspondent Lee Miller. <laughs> so that, um, also you might see some biopics of um, athletes, including um, American underdog, the Kurt Warner story uh, Shazam actor, Zachary Levi is going to play Kurt Warner in this uh, biopic film. <clears throat> um, and I really love Shazam. And I think Zachary Levi is uh, did an awesome job with that. I, I'm looking forward to Shazam. I think too. Shazam was underrated. Very underrated. That was really good. That was yeah. It got dark real fast, though. Yeah. I was like, that was Whoa. that was one of the better DC dark. movies in recent times. I agree. I agree. It was just a lot of fun. You yeah. know, it's a lot of yeah. fun. Most people don't give DC movies a chance. Like like yeah. if it was um, a Marvel movie, they'd be swinging from the nuts. But yeah, yeah. DC, they're like, oh, I'm not gonna see it. Aww. Joseph Fiennes is gonna be also portraying an athlete uh, in the movie called The Iceman. Um, so. Basically, it's a guy that broke a number of records uh, related to cold exposure, including climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and running the half marathon above the Arctic Circle barefoot, standing in a a container while covered with ice cubes for more than 112 minutes. Um, So they're actually uh, working on a biopic on that as well. So um, pretty interesting. Yeah, that sounds like fun, too. Um, I enjoy good biopics. I'm going to say no. Good, bio, good biopics, although it's there's the backstory is the real life version. It's not a bad way to go, right, Sabrina? I know it's not original, original, so, but remember how earlier I expressed my distaste for the cold? I feel <laughs> yeah. like a biopic all about that is about like cold. exactly what I don't want to watch. <laughs> uh, well, what about um? <laughs> Jim, Jim Gaffigan's upcoming comedy called Jesus Revolution, a true story about a, nas- a national spiritual awakening, awakening among a group of teenage hippies 
in Southern California in the early 70s. Um, that's another um, film, um, both based on a true story. But yeah. um, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Do you but, have anything in there with like hot guys and hot chicks wrestling and superhero costumes and mud? <laughs> I would definitely check that out. <laughs> I'd see that. Yeah, I watch that all day. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Move over, Hollywood execs. Uh, well, yeah, you know, the, we're, again, that, that the closest thing to that might be Black Widow, and I think that's pushed to November, so I'm going to have to wait right. well, for the hotties and spandex. Yeah, I was looking forward to Black Widow. This, this summer, yeah, I can so. get behind that. I know, right? Well, there are movies that are going to be released on On Demand, and some trailers have dropped for some of those. Um, including Will Smith's Emancipation. Apple won the bidding war for that one. It's a runaway slave thriller. So I guess during these times, during these woke times, it's uh, good for people to get um, some knowledge about that. Um, but it's Will Smith, you know, he's a box God, box Kathy, office. Are you astral projecting? What? <laughs> said, are you astral projecting? My laptop is dying for a little my... while. <laughs> Okay. Robert Robert De Niro has a film called The War with Grandpa uh, coming out this fall, so look out for that one. It's based on a popular uh, children fiction novel of the same name. A grandfather and grandson who were once close, but butt heads. His grandpa moves in has to share a bedroom with his grandson. It sounds like a fun movie. Um, from from The Irishman to, to something lighthearted like this. So Robert De Niro certainly um, can go on either either side of the spectrum. Wait a minute, they weren't really Irish in that movie. I'm offended. Yeah, yeah they're as very Italian oh, as you can get. <laughs> you yeah. should you should be more offended at the uh, de-aging software and how it made everybody look like <laughs> there were really bad photoshops. Yes. I, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind yes. it. <laughs> well, you know, okay, so full transparency, sorry to interrupt, but I'd have to I actually haven't watched the movie. So really? maybe when it's in action, it looks good. But when I looked at the still frames they would put on IMDB or something. Still frame wise, it looks so bad. It's Wait, like maybe just when one the frame at a time. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it's one frame at a time. It looks like they just dropped someone's face on. But maybe when it's actually Why the motion blur of twenty four frames, it makes it better. Why didn't they hire the Marvel people? They did great with Samuel L. Jackson. They did great with um, Michael Douglas and Ant. Well, from what I understand, well, first of all, de aging is incredibly resource intensive and really expensive and. It was a struggle for Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, to get that movie made. So that was my understanding: is that that was a movie that almost did not happen. So, and I think it was already outrageously expensive. I think it was like what? Oh yeah, like three hundred million or something crazy. Wow. I thought it was something really crazy in its I cost. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that, come that a long way. Right. Sounds about right. And you know, just imagine ten years, how far it's going to be that you won't even be able to even tell. Oh, dude, they're just going to use like deep fakes and AI and yeah. You know, uh, until they can figure out how to have an AI actually modulate their voice in a believable way, mm-hmm. then actors are safe. But yeah. if it's just visual, they're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for them for Tarantino to do the um, Vega Brothers movie, the prequel, oh. the prequel to Pulp Fiction, and um, Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Did you just got to do that before he retires? Yeah. Now, Soto, did you hear about the movie that um, that they're coming out where they're going to start making? Where the lead actress is a robot, like yes, legit. We, actually, we we actually discussed this last week. It was oh, an untitled you? sci-fi, yeah. where it's an AI robot, which is uh, crazy because it's kind of like Ex Machina, it's kind of like um, AI and iRobot and all that, but 
literally bringing in an actual working AI robot. And um, it's a crazy thing in, in the future, which is crazy. Um, that could be a reality <laughs> one day, guys. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Kind of crazy. This now this trailer looks really dope, guys. This is um called Brave New World. Um, it stars the young Han Solo, Alden Ehrenreich from a Star Wars story, Han Solo. Um, it takes place in New London. Um, so it's a utopia of this New London, and I guess a you know future London, England, free of hunger, violence, or any other society ills, which is great. Um. But you have to take a drug called Soma <laughs> to to be a part of this utopia. <laughs> but it's called uh, Brave New World, so that looks like a fun movie. So basically, they're um, they're advocating drug use to escape all the ills in the world. <laughs> basically, what they're saying. <laughs> um, Sounds about right. <laughs> Pixar's got an animated movie called Soul, which I guess is also a Disney property. Looks pretty cool. Jamie Foxx is going to uh, voice over a character, the main character, um, who is a middle school band teacher. So it's a lot of music, a lot of jazz, you know, thrown to the trailer. It looks pretty fun. So something to look forward to as well. Um, there's also a, um, a Gerard Butler film called Greenland, which is um, about, a, um, I guess, um, an explosion that causes everybody to um, leave um, I guess the United States and go to Greenland, which obviously, if you know, Greenland's not very populated. Um, the, the unknown country of the North, pretty much the North Pole is where Greenland is. I'll go. Greenland. I'll go. Can you take in volunteers? I'll go. You'll go to Greenland? Yeah. 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 Get me out of I... all this. <laughs> Are you going to be uh, covering the other disaster film, Moonfall? Yes. Moonfall looks it, really cool. So that that's it about, sounds so ridiculous. It's, it's, it is so ridiculous. Is it is that the one? It's, it's a combination coming of age and sci-fi. All like, I understand is the moon's fallen out of orbit. It's going to hit the Earth. Oh, so wow. it's like it take Armageddon, but instead of a meteor, it's the moon. Oh <laughs> the whole, wow! The whole, moon. the whole moon is coming to Earth. Not pieces <laughs> wow. of the moon. And it's also go. done by the maestro of all disaster films, Roland Emmerich. Who did was it the day after tomorrow, 2012, oh, and wow. Day? So it might as well be reality uh, based on what's going on today. Yeah, guys. nothing would surprise me in, in 2020 at this point. Yeah, but if you want lighthearted, lighthearted films, yeah, we uh, do. John Stewart has a comedy with Steve Carell, Rose Byrne, Mackenzie Davis, and Chris Cooper called Irresistible. Um, where Steve Carell plays a Democratic strategist who worked on the Clinton campaign in 2016. Um, and he decides to help a local Wisconsin candidate um, run for mayor in the small conservative town of Deer Lakin. Um, if that's not lighthearted enough for you, you can also check out um, <laughs> um, a biopic of um, Aretha Franklin called Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson. That'd be cool. Yeah, so that 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 should have a lot of music in it, and uh, you know something lighthearted. I'm definitely looking forward to checking out Hamilton on Disney Plus. Speaking of, uh, which drops this Friday, July third. Yep. If you didn't want to spend three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars for Hamilton, well, are they? Or did they have a hookup like Artie Hall had a hookup? <laughs> I had no hookups. Are they, hookups. <laughs> are they or, playing um, playing like white white historical figures? 
a black cast. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. actually, it's uh, a multitude of races. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, they say theater is the one platform where it doesn't matter. Film is important because film has to be as realistic as possible. When people do theater, it doesn't film, matter. Right? Well, it, it's, it's, well, it's not. So, Chachi, you probably think it's a, a, a movie adaptation. No, this is actual theater performance where it's, they literally. Yeah, it's a film. film it's filmed right? with the Broadway cast. It's, it's filmed. Staged. A stage. It's a regular stage. So, so you're going to have white people play black people in, in theater? It's, yeah. oh, it's that's considered okay. It has been it for is? many years. Oh, I heard you wrong. I heard you say it backwards. Sorry. <laughs> I said, I said white, people, white people playing black people in theater. No, that's, okay. that's not how that works. That's not. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I think because it's theater, it's considered okay. It's when you go in the film where you have to be very accurate. Well, and also let's be oh. let's be real here too. Short of. Now, I'm very going to show my age on and being out of the music scene, but short of people like Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly, there aren't a lot of Caucasian performers who can lay down the rap verses mm-hmm. that are in that show right. that well. I mean, it, the, yes. the, the musical yes. athleticism, period, needed for that performance is incredible. And finding people of talent to do that is really hard. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the hell they look like. If you can do it, then you get in that show because – that is honestly some of the most difficultly performed stuff I've ever seen. So if they had a country version of um, Harriet Tubman, it'd be okay to have like Taylor Swift player. <laughs> oh uh, boy, the hard-hearted question. <laughs> Good Just God. curious. You- Aren't I'm going to have to go ahead and say no. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have people like Jennifer Hudson, speaking of respect, who could play if there was a musical version. There you go. Why, why she? She's country. She can sing anything she can. You know, yeah, if you're so a singer, you're a singer, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so, so, Taylor Swift even country anymore? Isn't she more pop? Yeah, she's not country anymore. <laughs> Sabrina, yeah. I am so glad you're here for um, two more points before we uh, take oh, a class cut break. Um, one is about Joss Whedon, your favorite uh, director. Oh, I do and love right. me some Joss Whedon. Did you hear about Ray Fisher throwing him under the bus? The yeah, actor what that happened? played actor that played cyborg cyborg in the justice league movie so apparently ray fisher accused joss of being gross abusive unprofessional on set of justice league he said um also he did not detail what aspects of whedon's behavior he regarded as abusive um so i mean that's so vague i mean i think you if you're gonna let the cat out of the bag you you got to let the whole cat out of the bag, not just the cat's head, right? You have to let them know what he did that was so wrong. Um, but this um, basically um, you know, goes against what he said back in 2017 at the Comic-Con. And, and that he, he did say that he's a very good person and all this. So now he's like going completely against what he said back in 2017. Hmm. Um, but... Um, he also gave a shout out to Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio. Um, he said that he praises he 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 doesn't praise Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder for simply simply putting him in Justice League. He praises them for empowering him mm. because basically he he had no credits. This Ray mm. Fisher guy, he just got a really lucky break. If you didn't know, he uh, no film credits his name. I guess he had a a good television background, but to put him in a major movie like Justice League. Um, so, I mean, so he was happy with that aspect, but he was not happy with Joss. Does that surprise you, Sabrina? You're like a super fan 
of of Joss. Um, I honestly don't. I don't know what happened or what uh, between them, the two of them. But like, just what I will say from my own experience. Um, I think when you're on set, uh, I've just noticed a lot of like directors just be very like. They have a vision of a, a certain way that things are done, and sometimes they get irritable, but it's all of us just trying to create our art, and um, I think people with different films have different experiences with people that they're working with. Like, you said before he enjoyed his time working with him, and now he's like, rawr, rawr, Joss Whedon sucks. But um, <laughs> all in all, my overall opinion is that this guy should shut his mouth because Joss is boss. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and, and again, he was given, and, and he again, it's almost like biting the hand that feeds you because he did direct the, the latter half of Justice League, and he did put a, a non-film actor known for television work in a major film. Yeah, don't a, bite the hand that feeds you. Like so, work in another Joss Whedon movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but all right. So one thing that really offended Sabrina was the <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Can we talk about that? I got so pissed that you walked out of the Spider-Man movie. But now, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So now we have answers to why Zendaya is so different. So you don't like the character of Zendaya who plays MJ in the show or whatever. I actually really like her now. You like her now? I don't. I never it, bo- okay. it never bothered me that she was going to be Mary Jane. It bothered me that another black actress was going to be Mary Jane. That wasn't me. Oh god! <laughs> That's really where all was coming. Well, she's now opening up to why Mary Jane was so different. Um, this is a recent interview she did. So basically, she said that I that she wanted to portray a smart, quick, sharp young girl who co- comes off quirky or offbeat. I had yeah. a lot of fun doing it. Uh. I like being able to do comedy and things that aren't so heavy. What um, comedy? Well, the original Mary Jane was very smart and resourceful yeah. and um, just a fun-loving girl that everybody liked, you know? But when she's it not Mary Jane. It. She's MJ. Yeah, see, and I also don't like that. Like, how come nobody... Why is everybody like, uh, okay, she's MJ now because she's black and she can't possibly be Mary Jane. <laughs> like, what the hell, guys? What's going on? <laughs> There's Mary J. Blige. I mean, my God. But, you know, as you know, very heavy in Euphoria. My God, I, I finally finished season one. Hey, um, no spoilers, please. You haven't I haven't finished, finished it yet. season one? No, I finally, finally finished it. But I haven't. Oh my God, I watched that in like two days. Oh, my God. I remember I suggested no, she's it not, to you. Yeah. No, she's not, she's not Mary Jane. She's, she's Michelle Jones is her Michelle Jones. Name. Okay. Yeah. But they still call her MJ. <laughs> right, yeah. But she's not Mary Jane. <laughs> so, um... And uh, I guess one more thing before we uh, take a classic cut break is the Academy has welcomed uh, 800, over 800 artists and executives from 68 countries to join this year. And they wanted a lot of diversity and women um, in the, because obviously Oscars has been accused of hashtag Oscar so white, blah, blah, blah. Um, but um, I, thought Oscar, few, I thought Oscar was so gold. Oscars are so gold, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> They're also very white. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the um, names that have been added, I mean, there's quite a few, but just um, um, Cynthia Revo, um, who's definitely well-deserved, sorry. Um, Florence Pugh of Little Woman and um, 
the upcoming Black Widow. She's also part of the Academy now. Um, but it's also not just actors. They've actually opened it up to agents as well. Mm. Agents. So agents. Yeah. So like That's Hollywood weird. agents, Hollywood agents. Now I feel that, that there's a lot of bias there, right? Would you think? Yeah, you're going to vote for your own client. Yeah. Agents are going to vote for their own clients, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked about that, you know? Um, yeah, that sounds weird to me. A lot of Spanish speakers um, have been added. Um, Ana de Armas, a lot of Asian additions like Aquafina and uh, Cho Wu Shik from Parasite and Constant Wu. Um, Zendaya, who we mentioned earlier. Um, can you believe it? They put her in there? Can you believe it? Probably she's probably 20 years old, 21 years old, and she's she can vote in the academy. It's yeah, amazing. That, that that she's well deserved. She's well deserved. <laughs> no, she is an A-lister. She's but A-lister. I I have a feeling I have, in my opinion, you, sh- you should have. I don't know. I, I think being like 2021. 20, I don't know. I think you have to be a little more seasoned before you can vote for the Oscars. I um, agree. You know, think- I think she's a little young to be to be in there. Do you think she could she could carry a movie by herself? I don't think so. Oh, you're actually if she was carrying a movie by herself. If that's different. I mean, for my limited time watching um, Euphoria, I think she could. I think she yeah. could too. She oh. really impressed. She, she really, she really impressed me in your, yeah. Euphoria. If you watch Euphoria, you'll be like, wow, she's a really good actress. Yeah, she's check it out. She did really impress me. There's a lot. That. There's a lot of nudity in too. So. Yeah, yeah, everybody can enjoy. Now we know she, why Al she, comes to the party. Gotcha. Is she, <laughs> is she nude? No. Uh, no. Okay, I can't watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh, you're so not wah, nice. Wah. Wah. Uh, let's see. We got a couple more minutes here, guys. Um, I know, Chachi, you're a fan of the reunited, reunited apart with Josh Gad. I he am. Had his season finale, the cast of Ferris Bueller's Days Off. Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Grey, Alan Ruck, and uh, Mia Sarah um, assembled to talk about the John Hughes classic, which is kind of cool. Also, for you X-Men fans, which is me, um, <laughs> as a part of the Global Citizen um, special, they had an X-Men reunion with Hugh Jackman and um, Holly Berry and Patrick Stewart, Famke Jensen, and they actually got Zoom-bombed by Deadpool's uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> went in and started, uh, you know, roasting a few of them in there. So it was kind of fun. Haven't checked it out. Um, you should. Um, Hugh Jackman Did you watch the also... Ferris Bueller special? I haven't yet. Is it worth a look? Oh, you definitely. I think it's probably the best one that I've seen. I haven't, really? seen, I haven't seen the Ghostbusters one yet or the Lord of the Rings, but I think it's the best out of the ones I've seen. Cause it's like 45 minutes, so it's not rushed like the other ones. Huh. But I still can't get over Jennifer Grey with that, with that new nose. Nobody's gotten over that. Yeah, ever. yeah, I don't think anyone will ever get over that. No, because she yeah. was so 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 good in Dirty Dancing she's and Ferris yeah, Bueller, and now she just looks weird. Yeah, she looks like a totally different person. Well, she just looks generic now. She doesn't have yes. anything unique about her. I looked great with that nose before. Yep. So you didn't mind the big nose? It wasn't that big. I didn't mind it. It wasn't big. It was subtle. Yeah, it was. It was not that big. And if you ask me, that was a bad move for her because everybody knows her pre-nose yeah. from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. 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 And her career just tanked after that, I think. Yeah. Because probably because people were like, point. you aren't the bitch from Dirty Dancing. Right. <laughs> no, now she's that relegated to like nose. occasional guest star. That's it. Yeah. Or yeah, dancing, she, dancing she, stars. 
Yeah, she did Dancing with the Stars, exactly. So that, that's a good point. But um, so anyways, we unfortunately have to take a classic cut. Well, it's Why not the classic that's, cut. That's a, that's a, that's a hell of a build-up, Al. That was the wrong wording. Sorry. <laughs> we unfortunately have to say goodbye to Artie Hall. Oh, yes, no. Yes, that's oh, right. Bye, Artie. Artie. Nice to meet you. Nice uh, to meet you as well. High five over the Skype. You well, you it know, he's feels brought, he... nice to meet you. <laughs> it was Artie, very um... nice to meet you as well, mademoiselle. <laughs> Artie, do you have anything to promote or plug before we uh, wrap up your your part of the show? Um, all I could say is uh, we're working on. Uh, I got two movies. Uh, some point gap weekends coming out. We got a handful of ashes coming out, and our podcast that was disappointing will be coming out sometime <laughs> in July as well. So yes, uh, I, I'll look at. Yeah, I look feel at, like uh, I'll enjoy that. I'm there you go. Follow, follow me on that. Facebook or and whatever might, it is. <laughs> and, and below the belt show fans, you might hear a familiar voice on an upcoming episode of That Was. That's like, very true. You will definitely <laughs> be hearing a familiar voice there. And uh, <laughs> and if you listen very carefully during our outro, you'll also hear that familiar voice being one of the only good singers. So <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. A lot of fun. But thank you very much for having me on. Artie, it's been, a it's been um, it's been happy, on a happy anniversary, two-year anniversary you. for Artie happy and his wife. Oh, nice. And uh, thanks for being a part of BTB. Next time, you got to stay for the celebrity segment. I will. I promise. And, I will stay. and a little trivia, if you didn't know, the mastermind behind the YouTube BTB Coordinated Home um, version is Mr. Art Hall himself, editor extraordinaire. So Surprise. round of applause for. I just, yeah. I just posted the. Um, I'll take I'll take jobs from anybody. The Chef Sean interview. <laughs> the Chef Sean interview. Art Art did a little remix did from he? the theme into like Chef Sean's song. <laughs> wow, it was brilliant! Yeah. It was brilliant. Frickin' frickin'. All right. Well, <laughs> DJ <thank> Artie Hall. <laughs> thank you again. Pleasure to meet you. And I look forward to the next time. And until right, then, right. you guys have fun. And look forward to seeing the rest. Can you say your old catchphrase? Oh, my Lord. That's that. Uh, all right. I shouldn't be saying this, especially because I am now a normal person. <laughs> this is Party Artie signing off, reminding you to take a shot, do a bump for me, and keep it wet. Jesus. <laughs> that's See you, already off. Thanks for that's the least PC thing, PC thing I heard. <laughs> I know. I, we'll, we'll just edit that out later. All right, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> All, right. All right, Chachi, take us out to the classic cut this week if you could. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. Chachi. All right, it's Chachi back once again for Chachi's Classic Cut. And we got an old, 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 old song this week. You know, did usually you like I do stuff. Cut, did you like my cut from last week, by the way? What was it? Oh, it was a tribute to Joel Schumacher. It was Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. Steel. Great song. Yeah. Well, this is um, not from the 90s. This is from actually the 60s. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's a song by the Beatles. 1967, the song came out. And it's, it's yeah. actually the song Penny Lane. So why would I be picking the song Penny Lane? Yeah, you always have a tie-in. So. I always have a tie-in. Okay, well, all the stuff we're talking about, about people acting crazy, trying to ban everything, you know, like, that has nothing to do with um, police brutality. Um, 
the song Penny Lane came up in the news recently, you know, about like a few weeks ago, um, somebody actually spray painted on the Penny Lane sign in Liverpool, England, um, Slave Lane. You know, so got people start talking. People are like, why, why does somebody spray paint that? God. And there's rumors that that the, that the street name Penny Lane was was named after a slave trader with the last name Penny. So everybody knows Penny Lane from the Beatles song, and it's a, a popular landmark in Liverpool that people go to with the sign. And actually, Paul McCartney, when he was young, would walk by this um, on the street every day and would see the sign for Penny Lane. That's why Paul McCartney made the song Penny Lane. So um, people are like, well, what, was it named after this slave trader? So the mayor of Liverpool um, said, okay, we have to do some research. If we find out that this um, street was named after the slave trader, we'll need to get rid of the street and the sign and rename the street. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So he went to the um, local museum there, and he's like, like, do some research on this. And the museum researched for a long time. Couldn't find anything. Couldn't find any kind of link to this slave trader named Penny. So, so the uh, mayor still said, like, okay, well, we need to keep researching because if we find anything connected to that whatsoever, we'll need to change the name of the street and um, rename it and get rid of the sign. Which is a, it was insane because they're doing like a ton of research to find out if they're offended by it. And nobody knows who the hell the slave trader or Penny was. And nobody, nobody sees or hears Penny Lane and thinks of a slave trader. They, they think of the Beatles. So all these articles came out about Penny Lane and, and they want to cancel Penny Lane and change the name or whatever. Wow. Didn't and, know about that. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, hundreds of articles or whatever. So then. I saw an article like recently from a week ago by Rolling Stone and Rolling Stone, they had more people research it and they concluded that it, there's no way that it was linked to um, the slave trainer Penny, that the original name of the street was actually Penny's Lane, um, P-E-N-N-I-E-S, you know, and um, and back then it was it was a very like dirt farm road originally. And, and there's no reason why they would name some like, you know, you know, bumfuck road you know, off of anybody like, you know, popular or famous or whatever. So there's no way that it could be linked to that. So it's just weird that people want to research and try to cancel something, you know, and like, you know, have a historian's research to find out if they're offended by something. Usually like if you're offended by something, you look at it and you're offended, not like, well, we need to research this for eight weeks to find out if there's any kind of link whatsoever. So luckily, luckily the street's safe for now. And like people can just go there who are Beatles fans and appreciate it for what they know it from is the Beatles. Okay. So get on your um, phone, you know, pull up the song and enjoy Penny Lane from 1967, the Beatles. All right. All right. We'll be back here on BTB. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Okay. All right. So Chachi, that was the classic cut. There you go. Uh, very, uh, I guess relevant in today's, uh, Times, I guess, and then the the woke era, I guess. So, uh, so without further ado, guys, we are introducing to Below the Belt show our special celebrity guest of the evening, guys. He is actor extraordinaire from Yellowstone on the Paramount Network, which is now in its third season. We have the one and the only Denim Richards on Below. Hey, Denim. How's it going, guys? Excited to be here. Excited to have such a great conversation with you. So much to talk about. So I'm excited. There is a lot to talk about. Yes, because like summer's all about. um, Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Now I was gonna say that's a cool first name. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Thank you. It's it's all about being. It's all about uniqueness, right? It's like it's always just kind of followed me throughout my life, so it only seems to make sense. And that's your that's your um, birth name. That's what they. That's what the Most High gave me. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think I know a, per, a denim per se, except what's in my closet. Uh. Yeah, but I promise you, I am far better than the denim jeans that you have in your closet. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it, dude. I don't know. He has some true, true, um, some like true religion still, though. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're a little dated. Those true. Yeah, I mean, can we really even call those jeans then at that point? Like, come on, let's be, let's be real. No. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, Sabrina, um, I'm hoping that she'll join us, but nonetheless, we will just go on, go ahead and go on. Um, so, anyways, uh, Yellowstone, my man, great show, dude. Amazing production quality, and you're shooting in Montana and Park City, Utah, mm -hmm. um, which I'm from around reading, but obviously the exterior shots, the beautiful state of Montana, I'm assuming, yes? Yeah, most of them, I, I would probably say like 80% of the exterior shots, I think, probably are shot in Montana. We oh, cool. do have like, I think in season three, we probably almost have it like, there's most of the exterior shots are actually in Utah. But they're in like different places, like um, like Thousand Peaks, Utah, which is about maybe 45 minutes outside of Park City. Um, but the but the big landscape shots that you see that are just kind of like breathtaking. That's that's Montana. You can't get it anywhere else. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. Um, how do you how do you enjoy shooting in that state? Because it's it's beautiful. I you know every time I go there, I always say that I gain like 10 years onto my life because I live in a city. And so being able to right. shoot kind of in the middle of nowhere where like 35 miles means 35 minutes, you know, and it's just so yeah. peaceful and tranquil. So you're not constantly stressing all the time. And it's like the, the only downfall is it's really kind of interesting is because, you know, all the places are mom and pops, which are awesome. But the interesting right. thing is it's like usually, you know, they'll be like, OK, we're open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. However, in a lot of these mom and pops in these smaller towns, if there's nobody there at seven o'clock. They're done. Like, they just <laughs> shut that thing down. You know, so for us, oftentimes, if we're shooting on set late, you know, you're just out of luck, you know. But other than yeah, that, oh. it's just a beautiful thing. It's really nice to be able to see people actually, like, spend time with each other at coffee shops and not stressing about trying to get money in the meters and right. stuff like that. So you really kind of just get this sense of stillness. And I always say every time I'm there, I'm like, okay, when I get back to L.A., this is what my life is going to be. And then... Ten and a half seconds of me landing and jumping on the 405, I'm back just a complete and utter mess again. So it's, it's, it's really good. It's, it's, it's really good for me to be there. And I love how you're saying it is a change of pace, but obviously people want to move to you know, remote states for peace and tranquility, but there's a lot of drama in this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's we, a lot we, of shit uh, going on. There's a, there's a lot going on. You know, I think it's the, the really interesting thing about this show, I think, is that we get to cover so many different kind of characteristics in society um you know we really get to we cover the kind of the business side and we cover the land side we cover the family side and we kind of cover just the the kind of good old boys i guess ranching style um, kind of situation so it's kind of fun to get to like cover all of these different things but then there is a lot of drama so i mean it really is a kind of a testament to taylor sheridan and all the other great directors and EPs that we've had on the show to be able to kind of incorporate and thread all these things so seamlessly. And, you know, just season after season, we've been so blessed because we also have like a phenomenal cast um, that we all actually like enjoy spending time together. Um, so we're friends like off, you know, off camera and on camera. So I think that just kind of adds 
you know, to the dynamics of the show. So it's like, there's a lot of drama, but we do not hate each other. Like, we <laughs> all actually enjoy each other. Yes. Yeah, so well, obviously, uh, the cast is phenomenal. And of course, the legend in Kevin Costner. Um, yes. Uh, what's it like working with him? I mean, obviously, he's, he's been in the business for so long. And um, has he given you any pointers since he, you know, as as an acting legend, you know? Yeah, that he you, is? Know, the, 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 you know, that's one of the things I think, you know, when I first got on the show, what is this now, like three years ago, that's like the first thing, like, you know, I remember we're all sitting in this big kitchen in Montana and we're all kind of just like talking and meandering amongst ourselves. And then yeah. like Ken walks in and there's like a silence and you're just like waiting for him to say something. And we all kind of sit down and like getting ready to do a table read. And he goes like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm also nervous. And so it was cool. <laughs> Kevin you know, say this now. Be, like, you know, cause it's, it's a it's a different you know when you're you're doing a show like this you're, the goal mm -hmm. is to do it for the long haul you know to do it for as yeah. long as you're able to do it so you know it's been a, for him to be able to kind of lead this show and be the anchor for it but it's also awesome because he's had so many things where he'll be like you know one of the things like why they're setting up shots you know he's like you know at you know he'll ask a camera assistant or something like that like hey when does my shoulder come into frame and then they're telling you and then he'll turn to you and be like you know it's really important to know every single time that any part of your body comes into frame and, you know, think about this and think about that. So it's really been kind of cool because I've gained like 20 years of acting experience. So like Yellowstone, really, it's been like 10 years onto my life and then 20 years of acting experience. So really you're talking to like a 75 year old man at this point. <laughs> um, so it's just really, really awesome. You know, and he's been oh, such cool. a blessing just to be able to have, and I've learned so much as a writer and as a director, um, and just as an actor in general, for somebody who like, he loves doing this still, you know, for doing it for four decades. You never four really decades. know, like, how like how much do they really care about it? But they, he, like, loves it. He wants to know every detail. And so that's a really beautiful thing and refreshing to know that somebody that's been doing it for, so, for as long as he has to, like, right. care about it with all the details that he does. Like, you know, that's really a testament to great work. That's awesome. Of course, do you, another... Yes. Do you talk to him, like, um, Offset and, like, um, ask him about his old movies and, like, do you have any of his... Any favorite movies you have of his that you want to like get some insight into? You know, like, you know the the something. him, I think it, it really has been, you know, I think the first time I really, he actually grew up in Orange County or he went to school in Orange County and that's where I grew up as well. So that was like the first thing that he knew about me beforehand. So we kind of okay. talked about that. You know, he's a really big sports guy, loves baseball, you know, mm -hmm. and so it's like that, that was also kind of the thing, you know, mostly every guy can almost kind of bond over the sports thing. You know, so that's like a really cool icebreaker. But there was never really anything specific. It was just like whenever you're around somebody that has done it for so long, it's really just about, for me, it was about how you maintain it. You know, because your career is not about like one or two things that you do. It's the accumulation right. of the things that you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. and so that was the thing that I've always kind of just sat back and watched. And I think, you know, he's, uh, he's dropped so many pieces of information. There's things that he thought were going to be great successes that weren't and things that he didn't think were going to be great successes, but they were, but he believed in all of them. And I think that's kind of always been the biggest thing that it's like, if you at least believe that what you're doing, you're never going to fail. There's always going to be a lesson in that you're going to learn. And so I think for me, that's kind of been like the biggest aspects of training that he's just dropped. But I think that's just like part of him. I don't even necessarily know if he even knows that he's doing it. It's just like, that's what he does. But for somebody like me, who's just like a leech, who just always wants more information. It's really been an amazing blessing. That's awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And uh, 
so I watched the first four episodes of season one, and then I watched uh, the first two episodes of season three mm. to uh, kind of get a little caught up. And uh, what a fun episode you had in episode two of this season where you're playing this really crazy drinking game um, <laughs> and then lassoing up your buddies. Um, and uh, <laughs> you worked really closely with Wes Bentley in that, uh, yeah. in that scene. How did you enjoy shooting that scene? Man, you know, I think you, the bunkhouse scenes are, like, probably always like, our favorites because it's just, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, the one great thing about this show is that Taylor, you know, he wanted, he got all the people that he wanted specifically. And the great thing yeah. is, like, there wasn't a lot of direction that, you know, he wanted to give for any of these things. And I think Stephen K was the director that, you know, directed these two episodes. But, you know, Taylor has, you know, wrote all of them. And the awesome thing is, like, you know, we see these things in the bunkhouse and we're just like, what is this? Like, what drinking game are we playing? We're going to spin around on a bat and lasso yep. people. It's craziness, <laughs> but it's really fun because it gives us such an opportunity to ad-lib. Yeah. And to just like what we see on paper is kind of like like helpful suggestions, if you will, um, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know, and the thing that with working with Wes is because he kind of plays his buttoned-up lawyer throughout the entire show. Yeah. But he really is like a classic kind of comedian. So it's really kind of cool to have these kind of moments where you get to be with him, you know, and obviously he still has to represent himself a certain way while, you know, he's in the bunkhouse. But when you're kind of, you know, in between takes and different setups to kind of do these like ridiculous banters that I get to do with like Jeff and with Ian and with all these other great guys that are there. It's really kind of awesome. And the game itself is a uh, one that you can't actually act. Like, you know, you're really spinning around and you're really dizzy. Really getting um, you know, dizzy. No I love like, it. Okay, you're just going to spin around and not get dizzy. Like, no. It, so it adds it's the really authenticity. Cool. <laughs> yeah. it, it's cool, but like hour five of doing it, uh, not so much. Not not that great. But uh, <laughs> it looked good. And that's all it's that matters. Bad vertigo going on. <laughs> Spit around, but that's that looked like a really fun uh, scene to shoot. So, um, so first of all, congratulations! You were previously a recurring in season one and two, and now you're a series regular for season three. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, uh, how did you feel about that when you were promoted? How was that feeling? To me, it's just you know, all praises to the Most High. I think for me, one of the biggest things is that you know, I think it's like seed time and harvest with everything. You got you put in your dues, and it's awesome. To be a, a, with a show like this, to be with it with its infant stages, you know, from season one, episode one, you know, you never know what it's going to be. You know, like we all have hopes that it's like, oh, maybe this will go for multiple seasons. But there's been a lot of shows where the high there's been high hopes with great cast. And then it's like right. halfway through the season, they're just done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just to get on a show um, for any type of longevity was awesome. But then obviously when you get promoted to series regular, um, that's kind of like every actor's dream, I guess, yes. if you will. Um, as far as, you know, you kind of, you know, it's like you've made it, I guess, in that weird way. I, it's yeah, like no. Say, I Name in the opening cool. credits, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it is what it is, you know, but it's it was awesome to be able to do it with this show um, because it, I have so many great stories and just the opportunities, man. It was like, you know, I think also for me, it was like, you just, you have to be patient with everything. And when the right opportunities come, it's about what you do with those opportunities. You know, you can't look at them like, oh, this is so small or this out and the third. It's like, just be patient. And what's for you will be for you. And then when you get an opportunity to hit a home run, just try to hit it, you know? And it's awesome that you got, you know, I got an opportunity to do that, but then that Paramount along with Taylor and the entire, you know, crew and production of, you know, Yellowstone thought, you know what? Let's let's give him a little bit more. Was you know is also amazing. Just a, it's just a blessing. So I I couldn't be more grateful. Awesome. So it's season three. Are there any particular 
like Colby heavy episodes that we can look forward to. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, there's going to be a lot from pretty much like three on. It is going to be, uh, it's, there's a lot. It's really, um, we kind of start to go into my own storyline. I think um, like nine and 10 are probably the ones that are going to be the, see, I shouldn't even have said that because now I corrupt. Whatever, it is what it is. <laughs> um, probably, yeah. uh, towards, Say what you can. The season, towards the end of the season. Um, there's going to be some really cool things. Um, yeah, just walked right into that one. Great job. Okay. Well, well, no, not in 10. No, it's something to look forward to. I'm so 9 and 10, you know? But, but the whole scene, it's really cool because, you know, we have a great, we have a great new actress that's coming onto the show that plays Teeter, which is Jennifer Landon. And she kind of really comes on into the bunkhouse and stirs yeah. things up and really does something that's very different. So it's really cool because the rest of these episodes, you're really going to see what these relationships between Colby and Teeter and, you know, in comparison to the rest of the bunkhouse, like what that is. So you'll, you'll get this nice little evolution of this storyline, which is really going to be fun to watch. I love it. And another great thing is there are not many modern Westerns out right now. So I think you guys are one of the few modern Westerns. Yeah. Well, you know, the we, genre we, that's untouched. You really, yeah, you kind of, we, you know, I think we cornered the market a little bit, you know, and yeah. it was something that's kind of refreshing. I think, you know, you, there's so many different TV shows and a lot of them oftentimes have, you know, this, either the same types of scenery or the kind of same storylines. It's just in a different place. You know, right. whereas this one, you know, we're not only shooting it, you know, on a soundstage, we're shooting outside, you know, we're, we're shooting it in mother nature, we're shooting it with real animals. And so I think you kind of just get a better opportunity to yeah. just see everything. And I think that's, that's really refreshing for us as artists um, to like not always be on a soundstage, but then to also actually just be out. It's really, it's, it's really dope as well. And I'm, I'm sure you've interacted with a lot of horses. On the show, yeah. yeah. yeah I was gonna ask, did you uh, know how to ride a horse before the show? Um, I did a little bit before. I had done a, I did a film previous, like a, maybe a month and a half before, where I was also playing a cowboy. Um, but it was a period piece, and we were doing like cattle draws, like so essentially, like you ride next to the cattle. But I remember when I went into the auditions with this one, Taylor was like, "Okay, look, whatever horse training you had before." doesn't really matter like yeah i'm glad that you can ride a horse because it's important but we're going to be roping horses or roping cattle and this i think in this one we have like a an episode where we do like a 200 uh wild horse draw where we're pretty much just pushing 200 wild horses and so like that's also really dope because it's like you get on these animals and there's helicopters and there's yeah. ATVs and, and you have no idea, but the training, it's like, it's helped you as a person because horses are, you know, they're pure spirits. And so whatever you kind of, whatever energy you put into them is how they're going to react. So it really kind of helps you as a person to be like, remain calm. It's not that big of a deal. Like just chill yeah. out. So I could ride a horse before, but now I can actually say like, I can ride a horse. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty okay. cool. Question you're talking... number two. What's, what's the... Go ahead, Sabrina. <laughs> okay. um, what's what's your horse's name? My, horse my horse's name your... is yeah. is Colt, and Colt and I have what you would call a love hate relationship. It's mainly love. We go, you know, um, we he's very stubborn. He's very hard headed, um, which is very it's awesome. So I think if you watch during the season, there'll be a couple of times where it'll be a season where we ride up and we're just supposed to be standing there on the horses or just sitting there. And my horse is kind of doing his own thing. It's not because I can't ride the horse. It's just because he has decided 
through his own artistic experience to do something <laughs> different. Um, but he's an amazing horse. It's amazing to, I think I've been riding him since like the middle of season one. So it's been three years. Um, so it's been kind of amazing to like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable and he's gotten more used to me. So now it's just kind of this, he keeps you alive. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no rest days, no rest days at all. Awesome. Chachi, you that's had a pretty, Yeah, it's pretty cool that you were talking earlier about, um, about um, Kevin Costner, about, you know, different roles and like, you know, some might be a hit, some might not be a hit, but you learn from everyone. And you're just talking about your previous role as being a cowboy and dealing with horses. And now you have this, which I'm sure is a bigger role now. And now you're dealing mm. with horses again, which probably helped you out from having yeah. that past experience. So it's pretty yeah. cool that you just learn from each of your experiences. Yeah. You know, you, I think it's the thing was like, you never know what's going to happen next. You know, like you have to take every experience for what it is and maximize it to its fullest. I mean, the, the film that I did before was called Chickasaw Rancho, which is an amazing film. Hopefully it oh, comes yeah. out somewhere in the fall. Maybe oh, we got to talk like about that one too, yeah. um, But that's, again, it was awesome because I got to play a real life character, a real life man, Jack Brown. Oh, cool. um, it's, and so it's like you you just never know what things are going to lead to and the actors you're going to work with who are then going to go on to work with other directors or producers that may drop your name you right. know, when yeah. things are coming up. So, you know, for me, it's always about like you just you never know who you're talking to and you never know who you're going to work with. So it's important to just maintain, like you know, the highest level of professionalism and work ethic and never, you know, never think that anything is too small because, you know, a seed starts in the ground and then it can turn into an oak tree. You know, awesome, so yeah. you just you just never know. Right. Wow! Wow! What one thing I I love another thing I love about your show because it is a f phenomenal show is that you guys push the envelope because um I'm used to seeing a lot of f bombs and premium cable shows you know <laughs> and nudity I'm seeing Kelly Riley in the hot tub nude Here's I'm a, like oh nice <laughs> I yeah, know it's, it's like whole, uh, yeah the shows you know Paramount is really you know kind of giving the reins over if you will um, yeah you know, they're just like. You know, but the, I think that the thing is, it's about trying to do everything in an artistic way. You know right. what I mean? Like, and the cool thing is, it's like, it, whatever's written on paper, if you don't feel comfortable saying it or dropping this F-bomb or whatever it may be, then it's not like, oh, you have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. again, so much of the amazingness about Taylor Sheridan and his writing, it's right. like, it's so much of it is, you know, he knows what his actors are going to do. And so he's like, look, they're going to get in a situation and there may be no F-bombs or maybe no cussing. And then we may get into the bunkhouse and then there it is. You know, and it's just yeah. like the magic of editing. So it's really kind of cool to just like when you get on set, especially in those bunkhouse days, to just kind of just be let off. You know what I mean? And you just get to go and live fully and absolutely just be like really paying attention to one another and just living off of that vibe, which I think for so many different shows, it's kind of like, no, you have to say this. And hey, you know, just, you know, in the middle of a cut, they're running up to you like, you know, it's and this, not and but. It's like, Okay, you know, where this show is very much just like, just go with it, get the storyline across, it'll be fine, mm -hmm. you know, especially when it comes to the bunkhouse. So that's really awesome as an artist to be able to do yeah. that. Ah, cool. Did the nudity surprise you? Like the, the, the amount of nudity in the show? Like I was, <laughs> I, I was surprised in episode three, I'm like, it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a thing where I, you know, I don't really ever expect it. In most of the scenes I'm never really in, right. um, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's a thing where you, you just, Again, like you were saying, when you're on cable, when you're on all these different things, you never know how much you're going to be able to get away with. Right. And sometimes it's like, oh, this is what's going to be there on the day, but it never makes it to the final edit. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, they're able to shoot it in an artistic way, if you will. <laughs> and the audience yeah. hasn't seemed to have any issue with it. Like, you know, ratings continue just to go up. So I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> I love it. So how important was it to get a, a person of color in the main cast? Because Montana is not really known for diversity, is it? Yeah. The state of Montana, you know, yeah. I think I probably <laughs> is the, am, might be the only person of color in Montana when I'm there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but it's, it's really funny because the film that I was doing before, Chickasaw Rancher, we were shooting in the middle of Sulphur, Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, so, so for Oklahoma, the population was also just me when I was there of, you know, people of color. So I had been there for like six weeks, five and five or six weeks. And then when they're like, oh, we're going to do this other show, let's get to the middle of Montana. Um, I kind of like always kind of look up the demographics just to see, just out of yeah, curiosity. Just yeah, of and, uh, you know, when we're in a town of 2000 people, you're like, oh, OK, well, you know, it's going to be just me um, and whoever I decide to FaceTime. Um, so but. You know, it's a, it was a thing where, you know, I think now you try to walk into every situation. I think as a person of color, as a man of color, you can't, you can't walk around with that mindset all the time. Like, I think it's important to be, have your guard up and to be aware of it. But I think that when you do that, you start to lose certain experiences that you may not be able to have because you're constantly thinking about everything else. And so for this show, it was awesome because it's like, you're getting a great Native American presence as well, you know? True. And so yeah. again, like these are also kind of, you know, which in society have been represented as kind of outliers, which has been ridiculous since, you know, they're here first, but okay. So, you know, but being able to be on a show where you're kind of also getting that representation, it's also kind of cool, you know? And it's also been nice because you really are learning more about yourself and how to navigate in different situations and circumstances. Yeah. And every time I've gone back, you know, you, you have new experiences and you just kind of deal with it, you know, and, you know, August Wilson says, and, you know, in fences, you know, he says, you just got to take the crickets with the straights, you know? And so it's like, you, you know, I always feel like you get these opportunities and you got the opportunity because you're kind of uniquely designed for the opportunity. And so you just do it. And then hopefully you become a representation that then allows for others to be able to have more opportunities as well, you know? So you just, you kind of learn from it and take it for what it is, but it's definitely been, um, it's definitely been an experience. I definitely well, had some, some <laughs> well, so, experience. So, so being in that town, I'm sure you guys are going to the restaurants and, you know, and seeing the um, townspeople around there. Has everybody treated you well? And like, I mean, if it's truly like mostly white, you know, you, you might be yeah. like, examples of somebody of color that they're going to meet. Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting thing. You know, I think all small towns in general, first and foremost, are very protective of their small town. Um, just, you know, you know, first and foremost. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you're uh, introducing a person of color into that same situation, you never really know how it's, you know, how it's going to go down. Um, you know, and I've had some good experiences and I've had some not so great experiences. Oh, um, but that's, that's also fun. to be expected. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you can't run around everywhere and just think that, you know, everyone's just going to enjoy. It's like most they never had access and most of the access, unfortunately, because of the way the entertainment and media often per, like portrays people of color when that's all they've seen represented, yeah. that's, that's what they kind of see, you know? And so, but I've kind of gotten to the point in my life where it's no longer like my job to try to prove anything to you. Um, yeah. So I just like, I am who I am. And it's like, I'm going to an establishment and I'm either going to spend money at the establishment or I just won't spend money at the establishment, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. but I would say overall, it's been very, very welcoming, very warm, you know? And it's just, and it's like anything, you go to a bar or anything like that after, you know, shooting at, 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. after people have probably been drinking since like five or six, mm. you're going to get some people that are going to get in their feelings and feel some type of way. But for me, mm. it's just my job at that point to say, you just remove yourself, right? Like you just don't put yourself in those types of situations. Yeah. You just get your food, you go home and you enjoy that. 
you know, right. for me, it's not about like proving anything. It's about like enduring until the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, well, I, I don't feel stronger as a man if I go and get into a bar fight or anything like that. It's yeah, like, no. I got a great cast, you know, great cast. Yeah, you got a great show. Yeah. That's all you need. They you got know? your back. They got your back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they will all, they will all tell you at like 100% that they would all get down if they had to. So that's right. never put them in that type of situation. So you alluded, yeah, to, a, feel, yeah. you alluded to a not so great experience. Was, was it that, or was it something else that you're alluding to? You know, we, you know, I, I've been, I think there, um, you know, it's you, you, I've, I've gotten pulled over several times there, you know, but then, again, uh, when you got again, but you know, it's, it's really interesting because you have to watch the way that you look at things because again, in small towns, yeah. you're also looking for money, you know what I mean? As well. Yep. And oftentimes like, you they're, know, yep, so you don't really stricter. know, but, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of the way that it is. It's like in all different climates, you kind of get that. And again, like I said, I think that when you mix in a certain bias that's been represented, you know, throughout media and culture already, and then you also mix in alcohol and all these other things. And then the indoctrination that you've had to yeah. at a certain point, it's like, how shocked am I going to be at midnight or one o'clock in the morning? If for me, it's like, you know, if my grandparents were alive, they're like, you don't have any business being out anyways. Like that's the devil's time. So it's like, you know, you just take your, take your tail home, sit at home, mind your business and come out when you come out when you need to, you know what I mean? Like, what, what do we have to prove? So, um, so did you guys finish filming um, before the pandemic, the whole um, season? No. So yeah. So season three, yeah. Season three is done. Um, yeah, good. Most good. Going, we're, we're going back uh, in August. Uh, For season four. Yeah. That's awesome. Season four. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and Montana not affected, not too affected by the COVID nineteen. Yeah, right? I mean, and, and also, yeah, Montana in the lower, place that we're lower in, like, rated. we fly into a small airport. You know, like it's where you right. get to take a major airport airplane in, and you get on the really small one. You know, the one right. you're like, we're we gonna make it. We're gonna make it. Okay, yeah. right, so we made it. <laughs> I know um, you, you know, and so, but then we also then leave there, and then we shoot in the middle of nowhere, where there's like two thousand people. And so I think that that also helped in being able to kind of move this process along. Whereas um, a lot of shows that are shot in California and in New York City, they're pretty much just suspending it until the new year, you know? Right. So uh, I think, know. you know, again, it's like, we've been really, really fortunate, really, really blessed. And outside of the actors, it's really the crew, you know? It's like what people don't understand is like, the crew are really always on the hustle all the time, you know? Absolutely. And so it's a really, really beautiful thing you know, to be able to have this opportunity because there's so many people that are going to be are unemployed in the entertainment industry. Um, and again, like I said, not talking about the actors, strictly talking about the thing because a lot of the actors yeah. like, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting at home, you're good. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really cool to be able to have the opportunity to kind of get back to the local community and yep. be able to pump some money into that economy as well is really nice. I love it. So let's talk about a few more awesome. projects that you have because you got uh, you mentioned the Chickasaw Rancher, um, which again is a very westernish as well. Uh, where when can we catch this one? I saw an official website, ChickasawRancher.com, dot um, yeah. which is already out. Um, what what can we say about this film and when can we see it? Man, well, I'm hoping it's gonna be fall winter. It's like I feel like the dates always change. It's like and now yeah. with this thing, you just again, it's like another thing where you don't know. Um, this was such a blessing, you know, throughout my entire life, like one of my major kind of like uh, boxes that I wanted to check off was to be able to play a real life person, you know, and get that experience. And so yeah, my first co-starring so opportunity came with Chickasaw Rancher, where I got to play this man, uh, Jack Brown, who became Oklahoma's first sharecropper. And so this is really awesome because it's also talking about the Native Americans and Montfort T. Johnson and about the, so it's the Native Americans and kind of the African Americans 
and their kind of partnership with ranching and cattle draws and stuff like that. And so this is something that happened. I think we, this was during like 1860s. So there was obviously a lot of prejudices that were going yes. on. And so this is an amazing real life story about these two men that came together to build this empire for cattle draws where we did like a 400 mile, they did a 400 mile cattle draw. Um, oh, with wow. 1200 ca different cattle all the way up. I mean, it's just, been amazing so hopefully it's going to be awesome because you're talking about like texas scalpers and dealing with all those different types of prejudices that were going on and obviously the what the native americans were going on as well which is not being treated fairly i mean we're we're all very intertwined in a lot of these different ways so kind of being able to be there with an amazing sorry those are my dogs if you guys hear them that's all right um, <laughs> it's, it's also we're, really dog, awesome we're dog lovers here my, <laughs> the, my other co-star um martin sesmeyer is an amazing actor as well um, awesome. It was awesome to be able to be there and be a part of that community and be embraced in that way was really, really beautiful. So hopefully, you know, fall, um, winter, hopefully that'll happen. Awesome. We can't wait for that. And of course, speaking of uh, period pieces, um, reading here, you directed and co-wrote something called The Zoo. Yeah. Which is a, a psychological on, thriller. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dog's getting crazy. Yeah. Sorry, no these, the, the dogs will literally burn the house down. I love it. <laughs> but this is pretty cool. I checked out your teaser for the zoo. Um, oh. directing, you directed and co-wrote this, which is amazing. But it's going to be a short. Psychological thrillers. Let's but this is, the, this is a twist. This is okay. about the black experience during the Holocaust. Yes. Okay. So um, it's a short film that I can see as a feature, but you're going to keep it a short film. It's, uh, well, yeah. it's essentially, so, man, it's, it's uh. This has really been a, something that's been uh, percolating for a while. I think I started down this this hole in 2012. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, it is, it's a short film, but it will be made into something much bigger. We're actually trying to cool. – um, we're going to turn it into a limited series, I think, probably. We have a feature film script done for it, but we also want to do a limited series because there's just more, so much more information. Uh, but, yeah, so the zoo is something that, um, you know – the biggest thing for me, like my biggest passion has always been like, I'm a humongous historian. Um, that's probably the only thing I ever paid attention to in school. And even in history, I was never, I never found it really interesting because they didn't really talk about anybody that like looked like me. Um, but I found it fascinating to have the opportunity to know that there were so many other things that were going on. And so one of the things that happened in 2012, I was doing a little uh, light relaxation uh, entertainment and watching Schindler's mm -hmm. List. And, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the movie, there, you know, there's like this scroll where they put up, you know, like 7 million, you know, Jews that were killed during the thing. And I kind of thought, I was like, you know, I wonder if there were any people of color that could have gotten caught up in that whole mix and that environment, you know, because wow. during, during World War II, for people of color, it was also a place where some people from America fled. I mean, if you, anybody ever reads James Baldwin or, you know, looks at any of his interviews, he talks about how he would go to Paris oftentimes and, Sometimes he, you know, felt safer in Paris than he did in Harlem. Um, and a lot of people of color um, left Harlem to join into the war, you know, because for whatever reason, they felt safer being in battle than they did here. I mean, just insane. And so one of the things that I came to find out was, you know, there you had what was going on in the concentration camps, but you also had which was kind of a major focal point, which is what was going on in Africa. And what was going on in Africa was the pillaging of Africa. And what you were getting were all of these different countries going in there and splitting it all apart and, you know, taking the gold and the minerals and all this. And so, like, one of the great things that I realized was, like, there's a phenomenal story to be told here. You know, there's so much information because it's like 
our ancestors, like one of the things in America, we've kind of been taught that like our history started in 1619 when we got here, you know, in Jamestown, Virginia, you know, during the transatlantic slave trade, as if we didn't have a history before that. And so for me, it's always been about, there's so much that we have endured that hasn't been spoken about. And so one of the things for me, I was like, during this time, Europe was trying to go in and colonize Africa. But the problem that they were having was they were dying because of the heat and because of the climate. And there was different diseases and all these other things. They're like, how come these black people are not dying, but we're dying and we can't do anything. So what they would do is they would capture these black men and they would experiment on them. So they would cut their skin open, put different, different glass in there, sew it up, bugs, X, Y, and Z. You My know, God. people go, that's crazy. And it's like, well, look no further than the Tuskegee project that was happening, you know, during the same time periods here in America. Right. Um, and so they would dump them in water. I mean, just, you know, burn them with heating lamps and just trying to break some type of genetic code to hopefully crack this code so that they could then go in and really pillage all of Africa. And My so God, wow. one of the things that a lot of people don't know is like King Leopold that, you know, was in Belgium that built the great castles there and X, Y, and Z. Well, all of that happened off of the rubber mines from Congo, off of the murdering of 10 to 15 million Congolese men, women, and children, where they were exploiting them to go into these rubber mines and to take this rubber. And then they burnt all the documentation that it even, that it even happened, right? And so, but now you're having these great societies that are built up, but you're like, well, where did they get all of it? Like, where did you get all of these things? And there's only one continent in the world where all of these different minerals, like what we're listening, what we're talking to right now, everything came from a mineral from Africa. And so for me, it was so important to kind of talk about these stories and talk about these men and what they endured during this time. And it's also a double entendre because the zoo is also physical places that they set up, not only here in America, but also around the world, where they would take men, women of color, and they would reenact an environment that you would see in the Saharas of, you know, of Africa, and people would go and they could buy tickets to go and watch them interact, you know, and this is the thing that, that happened, and so the zoo became this thing, that's why our tagline is the zoo is never just for animals, because we have to also remember that, yes, you know, although Thomas Jefferson said that all men were created equal, this is also during the time we had 300 slaves and also said that within those same documentation that people of color were three-fifths human. So he wasn't really talking about us, you know, he was talking about everybody else. Um, and so for me, the zoo is an opportunity to start a conversation, um, but to do it through a form of entertainment, because I think that that's the one thing that everybody kind of can kind of, you can really break through the cognitive dissonance more when you put mm -hmm. something in a form of entertainment and then on the back end of it, you can have a bigger conversation. So that's really what this is. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited. And man, the, my team that I have, the amazing producers um, and the, the actors that just poured themselves into this, these amazing men, I mean, just really gave everything. But this is something that, this is for our ancestors, you know, and this is something that it was important to show that they didn't endure all of these things to just not be remembered and not have their stories told. And this is just one of my opportunities that I wanted to, to take to be able to do that. And I've been blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do so. And I saw the uh, teaser trailer was fantastic. And, you know, capturing um, um, anything period piece on an independent level, you guys mm. nailed it. I thought you guys, hard, yeah. guys did a, Yeah, it's hard. So you guys did a really good job Thank of that. You. So Thank looking you. forward to seeing that. When can we see it? It's going, so the, the film is, tomorrow will be like officially done. Um, and so oh, nice. now we're, get, we're in talks to see how we're going to put it out there. 
Um, I know inevitably, you know, it's going to be out to the masses. I know we're going through some different channels because we want some yeah. people to kind of get some first looks at it um, to see what how we want to develop it. You know, but to me, it's I never really I didn't get into entertainment because of like money and fame and all these other things. Like I wanted right. to just tell stories, you know, and nice. so I've just been so blessed nice. to be able to kind of get on this train to be able to start telling these stories. And so the goal is that we'll be able to just have it out there so everyone can kind of see but that more so we'll be able to actually have more dialogue because the most important thing I think that we've lost in this country is curiosity. Like our critical thinking has just been shot. And so mm -hmm. the goal is, is that when you see something like this, that you go, I didn't even know this happened, never even heard of it. And that it sounds so extreme that it'll force you to go look it up. And then when you go look it up and find out that it's real, that that will then make you go, well, what else might I know? You know, like what else don't I know? Like, well, if they didn't talk about this, did they not talk about this? And then just allow your imagination to run wild and the really unfortunate thing is whatever you can think of that you would think couldn't happen actually did. Um, and that's really, really sad, but it's really, really um, important because for me as a people, if you don't know where you came from, you can't know where you're going. And this is a part of our history that we need to understand. So as things yes. are going forward, we can reach back and go, there were certain warnings, there were certain things, there were certain signs that they were trying to tell us. And now it's just our job to use our platforms to actually do something bigger with it. All right, wow. Well said, and it's something, of course, during these crazy social injustice, racial injustice times, yeah. it's, it's certainly um, something that people need to see and, and educate themselves, I, I feel. Yeah, you know, you know seed, seed time and harvest, it's all about having things come out at the right time. Yeah. So, you know, we've Absolutely. been to be able to finish it. We actually finished the last, the last day of shooting the day before they shut everything down. Uh, it's so crazy. Again, brilliant like, luck. All, That's like, awesome. All praises the most high. Thank because, like, God, yeah, right? Brilliant we luck. never would have gotten it done. Like it would never happened the last day. So it's been, it was really awesome. Just a blessing. Awesome. So I'm really excited to share it. And when it's done, done, I'll just send it to you guys. You guys can take a look at it. And uh, awesome. Yeah. We're excited to see it. Awesome. And we can't forget before we let you go, uh, throw out a plug for Good Trouble on Freeform. You're uh, uh, recurring on that as well. Um, um, a celebrity stylist of sorts. Yeah. That's yeah, your, your... you know, really interesting storyline. You know, I, I never yeah. imagined uh, being able to, you know, be on, on the show. Um, it was an awesome experience to have been able to flex a different muscle. Um, and yeah. the, the writers and the creators, I mean, it was just a, it's a show that, you know, a lot of people, it resonates with so many people. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a network that I was even plugged into, you know, um, beforehand. So, it right. was, you know, it was a beautiful opportunity to have. Um, and the people there are just are beautiful and amazing to work with. And a lot of them became friends. Um, and it was awesome because, you know, when you have shows like that show started as the Fosters, which I think went on for like seven seasons. Yes. And so it was kind of cool to be yeah. able to go on there and you didn't feel like they were like making you kind of initiate yourself. You just automatically were a part of what they were doing. And so that was really cool as well to kind of be on a show that has had such stability and the rollover, but then to also come on as a new person and just be welcomed was really, really awesome. Awesome. We're, wow. So you can ch check Denim out in two great television shows, guys. Yellowstone on yes, Paramount man. and, of course, Good Trouble on Freeform, man. Congratulations, man. That's Thank awesome. Thank Before so we go, like, I, I was reading here that uh, yes. for Yellowstone that like Harvey Weinstein was actually involved early on. Did you have any kind of um, – Oh, was wow. Was he actually set or anything or was he already no, gone by know, that point? 
it was interesting. I think we had um, I, he was on. I think halfway through season one. I think. I oh, think, was he really? <laughs> um, but he wasn't on the show. Like it was just a name. Like he never showed. You know, he never showed up or anything. You know, and again, it's a, it's like you get in. You know, everything with entertainment is so ambiguous, right? Like it's right. like you go in from you you come in with a, a certain level of principles and ideologies and thought uh. processes, and then you get in and. Oftentimes it's not that, but that seems like a lot of big businesses and a lot of entertainment, in, like industry-based things are like that. Um, so I never had any like association with him. Didn't you know his name was obviously on the call sheet, and then quickly right. it was not. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Cancel. You know, so, um, but yeah, so I think halfway halfway through season one, um, his name was definitely on there, but you know I didn't. I yeah didn't have anything to do with them. So. Thank you. All, all races on both sides, so my hands are completely clean. So it's for anybody that wants to know, I, I'm good. Dig if you want to. You're not going to find anything. Okay. <laughs> probably like, oh, she's going to be naked in a, in a tub yeah, outside? Yeah, i no, got to be there. Yeah, i got to be there. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a day that I would have respectively called in sick. So <laughs> that would have been, been okay. <laughs> wow, Dana, phenomenal interview. Thanks so much yeah. for talking to us here on Below the Belt yeah, Show. thank you so much. So before no, I let you, you go, if you could uh, let us know who you are, throw out a plug for Yellowstone, Good Trouble, The Zoo, whatever you want, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Yes. And whatever you want at the end, a plug, a, a catchphrase, Got you. a joke. Uh, all right, y'all. I'm Denim Richards. I've had the amazing opportunity to be on a phenomenal show, Below the Belt. Um, you can find me on Instagram, which is at Denim Richards. I post sometimes, not all the time. Um, and yes, you can watch me on Yellowstone, which is season three, Paramount Network on Sundays, nine, eight central. It's a phenomenal show, but more importantly, it's about getting back to you guys and making sure you get back to the curiosity. So dig, 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 and dig. And when you can't keep digging, dig more. All right, y'all be blessed. Yes. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome. That was dope. That was dope. Denim, have a great night, man. Thanks so Thank much. You guys. Thanks and I'll be watching. Look forward to hearing for it. And you got a new fan in Yellowstone, so. Thank you guys so much. Well, I look forward to hearing the interview, and I'll make sure to send the film when it's or if it were fit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Our good friends at PR Machines, uh, tell them to forward it over. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll be blessed. I'll talk to All you right. soon. Thank All you, right. See you later. Bye. That was awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. Denim Richard. He's, he's so positive. Yeah, he positive was. He's energy. a really positive person. Like you can tell, he's gonna uh, have a great career. Good actor. And he's yeah. a really guy. <laughs> Thank what? you. You're welcome. Uh, I said, well, Sabrina, if you could, when Denim calls in, they'll be like slots in your breath. I won't wear my uh, pajamas next time. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to move. We got some big Netflix news, guys. Um, yeah. One of our favorite shows on Netflix is Ozark. Umbrella? Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's just announced that the next season, season four, will be the final oh, season, which will be an extended oh. final season, though, of 14 episodes. Um, you know, the previous seasons have been 10 episodes. Uh, season four will be split into two parts, seven episodes each. So they're probably going to drop seven episodes for the first, se- you know, the first, you know, whenever that date is. And the second seven on a later date, I imagine how that's going to yeah. work out. But, um, Excited that all our favorites will be back, except the ones that got killed. Um, Jace, <laughs> Jason Bateman will be back, obviously. But he's also executive producer, if you didn't know. Um, and then uh, Chris Mundy, who's the showrunner, does an excellent job. And Laura Linney, Julia Garner, our favorite is Ruth. Love Julia Garner. Oh, she's great. 
Sophia Hublitz, Skylar Gartner, Charlie Cahan, and Lisa Emery will all be back for season four. Um, and not much in the plot, which I guess is expected. They want us to be all surprised, but um, Bateman said, I'm excited to end with a bang, parentheses, S bangs. So alluding to maybe more a than bang. one death. Well, or more. A I, bang. Would, <laughs> I would assume more than one death. Oh, because sure. he has the plural I, I bang. I don't watch the show, so I don't know. I was just. Sabrina, you need. Wow. That is a show you need to watch, Savvy. Okay. Lots of lots of what the fuck moments, dude. Especially that last episode of season. And it gets three. better each season. Yes, it's crazy, dude. I will crazy. check it out. Yeah. Especially also on Netflix, um, you might like this one, Sabrina. It's called Cursed, a fantasy series, which reimagines the tale of King Arthur, um, and Excalibur, which. You know, I read those as a kid, and those are great books. And uh, I like them too. Yeah, weren't they? Weren't they a lot of fun? Yeah. But Catherine Langford from Thirteen Reasons Why will be um, starring in this. Um, but the trailer looks pretty good if you want to check it out. Um, also, um, as you know, Netflix is uh, releasing feature films. Um, they just got the rights to a film called The Trial of Chicago Seven which is uh, from Aaron Sorkin, writer and director Aaron Sorkin. Um, and um, that has a, a really, really outstanding cast. I mean, so you have um, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, who was uh, Black Bantha and Aquaman. He's also in Watchmen, um, the series on HBO. Oh, he's the second? The second. He's the second, yes. Okay. Sasha know. Baron Cohen. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, Frank Langella, John Carroll Lynch, Eddie Redmayne, Mark Rylance. Wow, wow that's a heck of a cast, man. Damn. A heck of a cast that's going to be Netflix a part. Netflix is drawing huge names. Dude, they got the. Uh, they must have an endless budget, dude. <laughs> they have number, like it, right? They have so much content. Yeah. They get all the. They have movies. no commercials. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, that's that's one of the perks of streaming. You can't have commercials, so. Um, although, do other streaming platforms have commercials? Well, Hulu, uh, yeah, Hulu, Hulu does. Hulu does. Okay, okay. Um, but you can pay extra not to have them. Yeah, uh, but you have to do that with Netflix. No. Okay. I don't think Amazon Prime has them, but um, The Boys no. Season I think 2. Amazon Prime does. Ooh, Season 2? When is that coming season out? Season 2 is coming out Friday, September 4th. Chacha, you told me I need to watch The Boys, so I'm going to watch The Boys. It's great. Oh, oh my God, love. you haven't yeah. seen it? I haven't it? seen it yet. Oh, my God, so, it's so good. Sabrina, if you watch Ozark, yeah. I'll watch The Boys, okay? Is that a okay, trade? Okay, deal. Right. But yeah. The Boys is probably better. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a totally refreshing um, take it's on superheroes. It's really good. Yes, it's a very refreshing take. I mean, I love the superhero genre. It's just I'm, yeah. right now I'm trying to get through but The Magicians. aren't necessarily the Don't good worry guys. About don't worry about magicians or nothing like oh, that. I love the magicians. Such a yeah, good don't, show. Yeah, I enjoyed the magicians, but then it started getting very extreme. Yeah. I okay. fell off that one. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so um, also Amazon Prime. So uh, Priyanka Chopra, who is married to Nick Jonas. Um, not Nick Jonas. Is he Nick Jonas? Yeah, Nick Jonas. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she was actually she's assigned. She's right? Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's assigned yeah. a two million... Uh, a two-year, sorry, two-year multi-million-dollar deal with Amazon to produce some um, content, which is insane. Um, so, so she um, is all about getting more South Asians and Indian, you know, people from India, 
um, in mainstream media, and I guess in particular with Amazon. Um, she um, she was interviewed saying that she watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer in India, which is your favorite show, Sabrina. And she moved to the U.S. for high school, but she said, that's who I want to be, a teenage idol. Um, and um, she said that there weren't many people that looked like her uh, being Indian, an Indian woman. So this is something there's that definitely a lot of people in India that look like her. Yes, there are. But I guess all that Bollywood stuff, right? Uh, there is a lot of Bollywood stuff, but yeah. I guess uh, she wants to bring it to a larger audience here in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, that the you America's the melting pot. Why shouldn't we have shows where we reflect our audiences here? There you yeah, go. Yeah, and she's yeah. let's give get some other colors. Let's get some other flavors. Let's get some other, <laughs> you know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Although I'm still surprised about your blackface comment, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, I know I'm going to offend so many people. You're going like, to get so much offensive. hate mail, Rita. <laughs> I understand why it's offensive. I'm just saying I like costumes. And sometimes I I costumes, you know. I mean, how am I going to dress up like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? You're right. Am I just right. not supposed to? Is, it, is that a thing that I can't do? <laughs> You know, I love, you know, I love Sabrina is when uh, you interviewed Marlon Wayans um, uh, for Click on This at an event. And I mentioned my tongue ring. And you mentioned your tongue ring. Well, you'll be happy to know that Marlon has signed a deal with HBO Max for a semi autobiographical comedy book of Marlon. Um, who also. tongue ring? Yeah, I mean, he, he loves Sabrina's tongue ring. Really? Marlon loves Sabrina's tongue ring. He's like, wow, I can't stop tearing at that tongue ring. What do you love about it? The fact what? that it's there. The fact that it was there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, man. HBO Max, is uh, they got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, mm. They got a show. I know. Eh. They got a show. Well, for HBO subscribers, we get it for free. I don't know how long they're going to give it to us for free, but Wait, I already I have. So, like below the belt or no pardon like below the belt we get it for free no. <laughs> i was like when did that happen <laughs> hbs yeah. subscribers yeah all, yep. all below the belt show listeners get it for free <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're already an hbo subscriber then you, yeah. you get hbo max um, All right, I just got sure. really excited for no reason. But <laughs> Fine, crush um, my dreams. <laughs> another show is called David Makes Man. So basically, um, it, season one was on Oprah's network, OWN, and I guess they um, it was they wanted to bring it to a larger platform, so it will be headed to HBO Max. Um, also, Doom Patrol, which was on the DC streaming platform, um, that's a fantastic show. One of our favorites on Below the Belt show, Celebrity Callers, uh, was definitely, for me, Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black. And, you know, she plays the role of Crazy Jane in Doom Patrol. And she actually um, talked very candidly about doing the role, admitting that she really is crazy. Um, <laughs> she said that I am crazy. Hi, She's like, because her role, the role is, uh, the character has 64 personalities due to childhood sexual trauma. That's the character of Crazy Jane. 64 personalities, like, how does she even remember all of their names? Yeah. So she says, I know how these emotions mean. 
I know what these emotions are on a heightened level, is what she said. So, um, interesting to know. She's a lot of fun. Diane's a sweetheart. We we partied at the Orange and New Black um, party, the, the the Screen Actors Guild um, um, event in New York, which is a lot of fun. And we were like dancing. We we're having a good time. Having a couple drinks. It was cool. We were dancing. I was dancing. Dancing with her. Yeah, well, like in the group, you know, but she mm-hmm. because we knew each other from, you know, the Creative Coalition events and all that. You weren't stuff. all up on her. Well, she had a date with her, so I was uh, just kind of like dancing in the group with her. So yeah, I wanted you to be up on her. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Neff Campbell was kind of like hugging. Yes. Yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, curb your enthusiasm. Will it uh, will return for an eleventh season? Oh, right. awesome! Good. Yeah, you're happy about that one. Yeah. So this is a funny quote he said. Believe me. I'm as upset as about this as you are. One day, I can only hope that HBO will come to their senses and grant me the cancellation I so richly deserve. <laughs> only Larry David could say that, you know? I mean, seriously, no one else could say that about a TV show. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's amazing. Like, I mean, yeah, all the seasons of Seinfeld, now all the seasons of Kirby Enthusiasm, like, it's just amazing that he can write that much comedy. He's great. I mean, it's just and and he pushes the envelope and, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to push the envelope. You know, no, I mean, that season was was outstanding. So lots of Larry's got to have yeah, a couple of yeah. Larry's. Despite store. Like, it's, it's not like he's like, um, you know, not like people are saying like, oh, it was good. Like the first few seasons now it sucks. But like, it's still great. Right. Mahershal Ali, great actor. Well, executive producer star in the first black heavyweight boxing champion, Jack Johnson. Unlimited series on HBO. It's called Unruly. It's a six-part series. Um, yeah, telling the story of Jack Johnson, the first, the world's first black heavyweight boxing champion. So um, that should be pretty cool. Um, definitely, definitely not the last. What, what? Not the last? He wasn't. No. Okay. <laughs> definitely not the last. Exactly. Nope. All right, Comedy Central news. Beavis and Butthead are returning to Yes. TV. And on Comedy Central, not on MTV, which I think is a, a wiser move because, well, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do a lot of music videos for this um, reimagining or reboot or even maybe a sequel. I don't know if it's going to be state follow the events of the previous series. But, um, yes, the world's favorite slackers are getting a re- – oh, so it is a reimagining. Um, um Ooh, are they gonna have different voices? Oh. Well, Mike Judge, uh, the original series creator, is involved, so we'll have that feel. Um, Judge is set to write, produce, and provide the voices of both the characters. So there you go, Serena. Cool. See? Isn't Mike Judge? Wait, is that the same actor that does Cleveland? That name sounds familiar. No. No. That's no, a different no. actor. Okay, Mike Judge. Okay. Yeah, Mike Judge did um. Office Space and um oh it's a, it's a, it's another mic it's another yeah. mic. So, he did yeah. Office Space and um what's the other one it was um Idiocracy okay so his movies he does like are never popular when they come out at the theaters but then they always get really huge later on and be, and get yeah. cult status okay because because both Office Space and um and um I love Idiocracy. Were, were like were like um, bombs at the box office, but then they just blew up on home video. So he's always ahead of the curve of everybody else. Okay. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a genius. I'll tune in. I mean, obviously, I was a fan of uh, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Were you a fan of the film Daryl from 1985, Chachi? Daryl? Yes. Um, 
I don't think I saw it. Okay, so um, they're doing a TV sequel of the movie. So the child, the former child star that was in it, um, will now be played by Tony Hale of Veep. Tony Hale's awesome, by the way. One of my favorite actors on a personal level. He was just so nice on set. So this will be on. Uh, will come from Paramount, and um, so Tony Hale would star as an older version of Daryl. Hmm. Um, the younger actor in the original '85 movie uh, was played by Barrett Oliver. Yeah. Uh, so he's a government-created robot with superhuman reflexes and mental ability. And he hasn't acted since um, 89. Oh, the, the young actor? actor? Okay. So if he stop he's acting... He's a never-ending story, though. He was a never-ending story, yeah. So yeah, I guess action. it doesn't really make sense to bring back an actor that's not in the industry anymore that probably couldn't handle, uh, I guess, a role like that. But hey, if it's going to go to Tony Hale, who's amazing, why not, right? He's so. a big actor and like a child actor in the 80s. Yeah, you know, playing the main guy. Um, yeah. The main kid in um, Never Ending Story, but I mean, he just I guess stopped acting for some reason. Yeah, he stopped acting sadly. So, well, there's probably a reason behind it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, look at um, Chunk. Jeff Cohen is now yeah. a Hollywood entertainment lawyer. Um, and um, so in Freeform, Leslie Odom Jr. and Nicolette Robinson will star in Freeform's. Love in the Time of Corona, a limited series, um, which will, uh, which was actually shot remotely in the talent's homes. Um, so it'll be a limited series of stories um, about the search for love during a time of pandemic. So a lot of people, yeah. So this will be very true. Oh to, man, I'm so glad I'm not single anymore. <laughs> <I know>. It <laughs> makes dating very difficult, man. <laughs> Good God, dude. Uh, let's see. So NBC, um, they actually also have a um, a Corona type of a show called Connecting. Um, so it's an ensemble group of uh, friends that stay close through video chats as they share the highs and lows during its extraordinary time. So obviously, if they're trying to do new content and they have to follow the social distancing and all that stuff, yeah. these are the type of shows we're going to get. Until I was they- going to say that we'd have a lot more animated shows. Yeah, because, because the voiceovers, voiceovers can be everything yeah. can be done remotely. Yeah, the voiceovers right. can be done uh, remotely. Yeah, so animation is another thing that that could could happen as well. Yeah. Finally, um, a time where I can be ahead of the curve. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, wow! What else? There's an alien spacecraft drama called Debris that's going to be ordered to series. The pilot was shot, but um, that's going to be on NBC. Uh, follows two agents from two different continents, two different mindsets, who must work together to investigate when wreckage from a destroyed alien spacecraft has mysterious effects on humankind. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Crazy! Some shows have been canceled. They're, they're scrapping the pilots, um, be, mostly because of the pandemic. Um, one is called 30-something else, which is supposed to be a, um, a sequel series for the 90s show 30 something um the so bra got made yeah so they're scrapped they basically scrapped the pilots because like no one knows about that that series yeah, I, it wasn't Why popular to begin with, right i mean it was popular back yeah. in the day but nobody it's not like the one that has like stood the test of time that people still talk about and are still watching and you know, yeah. yeah 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 i don't think it's like even on office. i don't think it's ever on dvd or digital or anything right that's a good point Another one yeah. was called The Brides. This was a, a vampire soap opera 
Um, a female-led <laughs> vampire soap opera. That yeah. one's getting scrapped as well. That's a damn shame. It sounds sound like a uh-huh. winner to me. Yeah, and I'm going to cry about that. Yeah, you're going to cry about that one? Yeah. Vampire soap opera. <laughs> Valley Trash is the third project being scrapped by ABC. What a shame. That's another this is, I'm not Sorry. seeing any downsides to any what of was, these What was Valley Trash about? <laughs> so Valley Trash is a comedy. It's like a Valley um, Girls? Yeah. Um, do I have any information on uh, yeah, well, you don't need information Church? on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you did it'd be fine, but if you don't so. you already have the Kardashians for yeah. that thing. They're also gonna make a TV series, no network announced attached to this yet, but it's based on Disco Asilium Elysium, sorry. Um the producers of Sonic the Hedgehog uh film will be uh developing this one. Um, so this is a very uh, well-acclaimed video game, Disco Elysium, um, which I am not familiar with. Yeah. So <laughs> here, uh, question. Has anyone seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I did. I want you to. Did? I haven't seen it yet, yeah. though. How was it? People liked it. I didn't like it at all. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't know why people liked it. Is um, Jim Carrey but... back as, 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 a, as, a, as a great actor? Because he's, you know. I didn't think so. No. I thought I thought yeah. it was really annoying. I he mean, maybe what I, Will Ferrell is suffering from. It just, yeah, maybe I was in a bad mood when yeah. I saw that movie. I don't know because I, I heard nothing but positive talk about it, but I didn't like it, so I'm not sure what I missed. Well, at least they um, redesigned the Sonic. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. look a little less creepy with the human teeth, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so not only the Bachelor. I heard about that about how uh, creepy. Yeah, he I know. <laughs> So not only The Bachelorette um, heading into production, one of the other shows that's going to be starting soon, again, reality stuff. Uh, but it's not really reality. It's like scripted reality, but it's uh, one of my favorites, The Hills. Uh, New Beginnings is getting a second season. So this is a sequel series of the original Hills. Um, and um, leaving the show um, is um, – now, this is crazy because I, I was shocked that she joined the cast for, se- for the first season. And um, – that's Misha Barton. Misha Barton uh, was playing herself in. Apparently, she did not bring the drama that the fans expected, so she will not be back for the next season. Really? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? But Caroline Demore, who's actually been on this show, um, reality star, DJ, um, she's pretty awesome. She has been tapped to replace um, Misha Barton. Um, so. That should be pretty cool um, when that comes out. Um, so Hopefully they're trying to. She brings the damn cocaine and hookers. Yes. <laughs> yes, we need that. <laughs> All right. So the, the VMAs, the 2020 VMAs, apparently they're looking to have a limited capacity or no audience at all. Which is they... nothing, nothing new. <laughs> well, I was there one year and there's a different like, audience. You're like 20 years ago. No, I was there in 2015, Whatever. and then I was there in, like, well, I was at the Movie Awards four times, mm-hmm. MTV Movie Awards. VMAs I've been to twice, 2013 and 2016. Um, so. My condolences. Well, that's okay. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're planning to move forward to 2020 VMAs at Brooklyn's Barclays Center. Um, and, um, man, a, a big venue like Barclays with no audience will just look so odd. I mean, why they do you big... Personnel, they award. <laughs> Say it again? They changed the name of the award to the moon person. Yeah, they changed, yeah, they have to get a little politically correct, uh, a little... Even, over- the, 
even though there's never been a woman on the moon, it's only been men, but somehow it's not PC to say moon man. Man is not politically correct. Yeah, so even, it's, even though it's first. accurate, it's insane. It's MTV. considered it's considered insane, yeah. It's on TV for you. <laughs> it's not even real! <laughs> <laughs> the BET Awards, so this was on a, a recent awards show that took place during the pandemic, so it was uh, got 3.7 million viewers across BET, CBS on a simulcast, and um, it was a virtual ceremony. So they did everything virtually. Alicia Keys, um, Anderson Pock, Chloe X. Holly, Chuck D., The Baby, The Smoke Flavor Flav, Jennifer Hudson. I, best, first of all, I love Public Enemy's uh, performance on that. I checked that out. Um, and they did the classic Fight the Power video. They actually used footage from the George Floyd protests to open up the BET Awards. Joined by a star-studded lineup of artists. Um, but yeah, but looks like Flavor Flav. I thought he was kicked out of Public Enemy, but I guess... Yeah, uh, I'm with that. I guess they, they, they squashed their beef. You know, Chuck D, Flavor Flav reunited for the show. They were talking All, shit about him, too. They were. Yeah. They were. But additional verses were, were done by Nas and the Roots Black Fod and Questlove. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, also, the baby paid tribute to George Floyd and channeled... Um, the nationwide protests against uh, police brutality as well. So, um, and um, let's talk about a couple uh, sad passings. People that have passed away include legendary actor, writer, producer, director Carl, Carl Reiner, who was part of Sid Caesar's legendary team and created the Dick Van Dyke Show. Passed away at the age of 98. Of course, he's the father to Rob Reiner filmmaker and activist um man he, he lived a long life and he was actually very active on social media uh up until uh i think you know close to the time that he passed away which is you know at 98 to be on social media is pretty impressive <laughs> you know I was what I mean? say, like i mean like rob reiner is like 100 so I was, I'm, I was shocked that his dad was even still alive oh you didn't even know that carl reiner was still alive no i didn't know no yeah you know, it's interesting. Two years ago, um, Carl Reiner um, <laughs> posted a video and said that he hopes he lives long enough um, till November 2020 to uh, vote Donald Trump out of office. <laughs> he said that? <laughs> At 96 no. years old, two years well, he, ago, yeah. Well, he jinxed himself. Sadly, um, he can't. <laughs> um, but then again... I don't know who would want to vote for someone who retweets a white power video. <laughs> well, imagine, imagine being, imagine being 98 and you're, you're worried I mean, about a senior Trump. advisor is a white supremacist. Nobody has a problem with that. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> also, sadly passing away, Danny Hicks, who was in several Sam Raimi films, including Evil Dead 2, Dark Man, and Spider Man 2, at the age of 68. Um, also, um, passing away is Linda Crystal, a Globe, uh, Golden Globe winning actress who was in the NBC Western The High Chaparral, as well as Kelly Asbury, animator who directed Shrek 2, died at the age of 60 due to abdominal cancer. Stuart Cornfield, who uh, worked with Ben Stiller on Tropic Thunder, Dodgeball, and Zoolander, who produced those films, sadly also passed away, also of cancer. And Johnny Mandel, the singer-songwriter of the MASH theme, The Shadow of Your Smile, um, and Emily uh, had passed oh, away really? in 94. 
Yeah. The match seems pretty iconic. The match theme is very iconic. Yes, very much so. Um, well, you know, there's a couple meet two um, things. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff that we dropped last week, but just a couple updates. Uh, one is that Ron Jeremy um, now faces 25 new allegations of sexual misconduct. I think last week he had four. So at 67, he could face up to 90 years in prison, and that is a life sentence at someone who's 67 years old. I don't think anybody. Well, I have met Ron Jeremy, and I, I would have to say that I, I might have seen some inappropriate behavior, um, but because of the groping and the smacking the butt. But I feel that that he hasn't been privy to the changes in society when it comes to um, sexual harassment and sexual assault. Uh, he's also in the adult film industry, where he feels like he could be immune to that. Um, but um, you actually saw uh, photos of Ron Jeremy in the, the jumpsuit. Um, I guess his bail was set so high um, that he couldn't even uh, – $6.6 million for bail. So he didn't even post bail. As you know, it's interesting. Um, the um, Derek Chauvin, I think one of the other cops, posted bail, like $1 million bail. Somehow they had enough money to bail themselves out, but Ron Jeremy – um, no, he has, he, he has not done so. I think Danny Masterson had, his bail was like 1 million. He posted bail as well. And we talked about Danny Masterson for that semi show, uh, accused of a rape of three different women. So, and the latest actor to be accused is, um, so this is someone we interviewed at the Philadelphia comic-con, the great Philadelphia comic-con, uh, Cass Anver, Anvar from the expanse. Um, which was on Sci-Fi, it's now on Amazon Prime. He uh, apparently is now a uh, subject of an independent investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, mm. So they have to investigate, I guess, before deciding what's going on. But apparently one Twitter user said that Anvar pressured me into coming to his hotel room at a convention when I was 17 fed me alcohol, tried to convince me to take my clothes off for a massage, groped me and told me he'll give me money for a cab if I kissed him. Oh, boy. Man, that's not... Dude, he's the lead actor in this in The, the Expanse, this TV series. He's the lead. Wow. Um, and he is now being accused of inappropriate behavior. Um, this is crazy. This is crazy. Justin Bieber now accused um, of inappropriate behavior. Now, he actually filed a $20 million defamation lawsuit against two uh, Twitter users who accused him of sexual assault. So apparently he has, like, receipts and proof that he was not at the hotel, the Four Seasons Hotel, on that specific date because he claims that he was with Selena Gomez at the time. Um, so he's calling... Them outrageous lies using locations and times that were uh, that were fabricated, obviously, because he has the proof that they were not. Um, okay, well, you know, well, if he has proof, he better go through with the um, lawsuit and take mm-hmm. him for everything. Take him for everything. Yeah, worth twenty million defamation lawsuit, dude. Too many people like like they'll just drop it, and when you know they'll say, like, "Oh, we lied," they'll just drop it. But no, you like you can't open yourself up for that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And last week we announced WWE has their own Me Too movement, hashtag speaking out. So WWE has released a, a few wrestlers. Did you know this, Chachi? Um, mm-hmm. Travis Banks, the latest. Um, 
it's the NX, NXT UK superstar released by the company due to um, accusations. Last week, we announced that gentleman Jack Gallagher, who is not really a gentleman due to accusations of um, a rape. Also, um, it's interestingly enough, Terry Runnels, um, if you remember, she was married to um, Dustin Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. Accused Brock Lesnar of sexual harassment. Supposedly, um, Brock showed his dick to her and called my name as I was walking past where he was in the dressing room and I opened his towel so I could see his manly bits, as she called them manly bits. Um, now, that's exposing himself. Um, apparently, I guess he felt that he, back in 2004, you can get away with that. Certainly, in today's environment i don't think you can get away with that now unless you know unless terry Reynolds really wanted to see brock lesnar's you know <laughs> junk <laughs> um also in tna michael elgin from All impact right, well. wrestling also accused hmm. so it's it's a crazy it's a crazy crazy time in, in, in wrestling both due to the speaking out movement and also covid19 i don't even you chachi that um, several talents had contracted covid19 Renee Young, um, one of the, um, the announcers, and of course she's married to John Moxley of AEW, formerly Dean Ambrose. Um, also, um, Kayla Braxton, another correspondent on SmackDown, um, shared that she had tested COVID-19 for the second time. Mm. The second time, dude. Holy smoke. You catch it twice? She, I, that, that's what's crazy about it. I thought you you have the antibodies once you have it you know once, but yeah, she, she she apparently had tested twice, or maybe she got two different tests that confirmed. Oh, okay. Um, um, but yeah, basically stated that she tested COVID nineteen for a second time. Producer, producer Adam Pierce also um, revealed to test positive, um, um, as well as Finn Balor, not him, Finn, but his father, um contracted covid but actually beat it wow so, good for him congratulations um that he was able to beat covid19 mr divot finton divot the father mm-hmm. of finn balor um and um that's it you want to wrap up yeah well it's yeah. midnight it's midnight yes okay take a damn dairy farmer as much as you milk this shit yeah. You know, right. Well, I mean, I, right. I just pay respects to people. Um, but yes, just yes. two more names. Yeah. Kevin Owens, um, his wife's uh, grandfather had passed away due to COVID-19. Damn. So basically, he says the pandemic isn't over. If you don't wear a mask, don't respect anyone who does. Wear a mask does nothing. At best, it helps save lives. And that's the message that um, you know, I think we should um, you know, uh, COVID is, is surging, guys, and yeah. a lot of people a lot of people want to be out and about. They want to be at the and beach. And that's fine, but wearing a mask is not about you. It's about everybody else. It's right. just like wearing a condom yeah. isn't just about you. It's about other <laughs> nice people. Analogy. Like, nice analogy. Nice You know, it's I I I just really can't understand the people who are anti-mask because it's yeah. I, it's really all about infecting other people. You're right. putting other people at risk. So, like, yeah, if you don't want to have a mask, that's fine. Like, you go and chill in Timbuktu by your freaking self. That's fine. 
and you can go be mask free. But like, if you want to be tromping around in the square, put a damn mask on. Yep. And Very drink. good. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> I I agree 110 percent there, Sabby. And we we end the show with birthdays. Any um today a birthday? birthdays. Um, July 1st. An incredible day, wow. July 1st. Um, Jamie Farr of MASH. Uh, it's 84. We just mentioned MASH earlier. Interesting. Yeah. Darth Vader, the original Darth Vader, David Prowse. He was the man behind the mask. He did not do the voice. As you know, that was James Earl Jones. He is 83 today. Oh, we met him before, remember? Yes, David Prowse. Yep. Um, Dan Aykroyd, 66. Happy birthday, Dan. Good for him. Yeah. Lorna P- Patterson of Airplane 62. Alan Ruck. We just mentioned Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, as you know, they did that reunion on Josh Gad's show. He's 62. Wow. Andre Brower from Homicide, Life in the Streets, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is 56. Pamela Anderson's 51. Happy birthday, Pam. 51. Wow. Right? Missy Elliott. Get your freak on. Is 47. She, she used to live in my, my um, aunt's old neighborhood. Yes, that's right. I remember yeah. last time we talked about her birthday. I think you mentioned that. Right. Probably, well, probably six <laughs> years ago. I know, because it repeats, right? Yeah. Actress Liv Tyler is 41. Happy birthday, Liv. Hillary Burton of One Tree Hill is 36. Actress Leah Sado of Spectre, the Grand Budapest Hotel, is 33. That's birthdays today. Awesome. Awesome. All right. It was a great show from top to, top bottom, to bottom, guys. We'd like to thank, of course... Our celebrity guest caller, the one and only Denim Richards from Yellowstone and Paramount. And our amazing panel, first starting with my buddy, Art Hall, who uh, helped helped provide some great commentary for the first half of the show. Thanks, Art, for being a part of our program. And let's go ahead and introduce the one and only Miss Sabrina Taylor-Smith, a.k.a. Sweet Chocolata, a.k.a. Miss SDF, <laughs> a.k.a. Miss Joram Armand's. The lizard lady. <laughs> Sabi, we missed you. I'm so glad you're back. I know. I'm glad I'm back, too. We missed you. We missed your dessert. Oh, desserts. We should do something sometime soon with our face masks on. Well, you know what? If we um, <laughs> if something happens, we don't have the studio back by, you know, by Christmas, we should um, do it over somebody's house with our yeah. um, laptops. You can come we still to, need to do the, come we still to need my have the Christmas show in person. You know? yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Christmas show we could. If, if, if you're saying if we still have a Skype format, but yeah, if, if something happens and the studio doesn't reopen, that's uh, the true. Fall, that's the thing. Yeah, we still need to be together for Christmas. Absolutely, I agree yeah. with that. I think that and we you, can, Sabrina, Koki. and I think I'd like to have that one videotaped too. Well, I think I might have. I might have that videotaped. A oh, video. Yeah. yeah, I think I want yeah. to. Okay, then I definitely have to be in costume for that. Oh, yeah. I'll be like Mrs. Claus. All right. Oh, and, la- and last but not least, the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly. Chachi. And that's 80s? right. Chachi. Chachi. Where? Inside of me. <laughs> my favorite song. My favorite song. <laughs> Inside of you. And Every I'm boyfriend. Ow. Every boyfriend hears you singing that through the door. <laughs> I'm going to make him listen to that and be like, does it not sound like this? And I'm going to ask him <laughs> what it sounds like. That's right, guys. I'm Al, Celebrity Soto, your host All of the right, most, yeah. guys, for another great episode of BTB, the Quarantine Edition. 
We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.